everyone. Welcome back to Dropped Frames. Zeke is out this week. He's taking a vacation. Where where was Zeke going, Code? Do we know? Did he say where he was going? Probably back to the third level of hell. Maybe the fourth. Is <laughs> Maybe so. Something like that. The cozy that. one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the cozy one. Exactly. We got yeah, Maximilian, dude, filling in for him. Hi. How What's you doing, up, Max? I know it's Pretty early good. for you. Thanks for being here. I always feel bad yeah, whenever we ask West Coasters to be on the show. It's like, you got to be here at 10 a.m. Sorry. I'm like, there's a 10 a.m. now. Okay. <laughs> and you're late night. What what time did you end up streaming till last night? Because you you are a nocturnal um, streamer. So un, un, unfortunately, that last night was EO video games night. So we have the guys over for like the weekend. And I think I looked at the stream time and we were streaming for five to six hours at 2 a.m. And I was like, it should be a good time to end. And then I got on a good old fighting game grind session ah. with Steve, and it ended at 5:15 in the morning so great <laughs> i'm doing great so again thanks for being here max we appreciate you waking up early to join us that's a nightmare scenario uh you guys were playing what were you playing last night a bunch of fighting games and stuff like that that was a dnf duel is okay. the all right we're gonna new, the that. new hot shit right now yeah yeah we'll still, definitely... still on troubleshooter uh yeah i'm sticking with that character for a bit there's enough to him where it's like i'm learning something every day nice nice very cool very eager to talk about that. I do want to mention a little bit about E3 because you were on you were on the show floor this year, and we haven't really talked yeah. to anyone that was that was doing that. What what was the the how was it? Was it did Keeley do like an okay job with the the small area that he had, or how'd that yeah, all go? I I think he did. Like he was, uh, Jeff essentially created like a very like posh version of like an E3 backroom. When you go to E3, like if you know industry folk or if you know people that work at these companies, they're immediately like, here, come back here and, and try this stuff, right? Yeah. So they'll you'll go to like their back room and where media is essentially allowed and they'll, they'll like show you stuff on games. That's what it felt like for everything where you'd go to like a back room and they have snacks and drinks and they try to like booze you up, you know, about, about their games and stuff. And Jeff created an entire event that was that. Instead, it was instead of just being one specific publisher, it was like everybody, you know, at the same time. So we're talking like there was like an open bar. There was like restaurants around that were just giving food for free. Nice. Uh, it was it was very it was very nice. But at the same time, it was also like specifically limited. There wasn't only Street Fighter was obviously the big game there that a lot of people were looking forward and wanting to play the most. And it was it was fantastic to be a part of it, but it was very exclusive. Like I couldn't even get any of my friends or associates that are close to me to even go there for a while. Huh. There was nobody that was direct, like fighting game, like absolute direct, like people immediately in the fighting game community that I really recognize. And I had to be introduced to some people. I was like, wow, am I like the only big fighting game person that's here checking this stuff out? And the only reason I was uh, was because I had been working with the the PR agency that essentially ran the event mm. uh they knew who i was so they were immediately like oh let's get him on board so i was lucky enough to be invited myself uh because it was it was really specifically like just a lot of like content content creators as well as uh like big sites like ign and stuff like that yeah i know like I, ign was there i know uh easy allies kind of funny games were all there jesse cox friend of the show got invited i don't know if you happen to run into him there or, or know jesse at all uh, but it did I think seem I, there's, there's a lot of people roaming around yeah yeah it, it did seem fairly uh restrictive in, in terms of who was actually invited just in the amount of people that we saw in all the, yeah. the footage that i saw uh, that were there it seemed very much like it was a dry run this year 
Like yeah. this, this was the first time where it was like yeah. he wasn't doing anything. So it was almost like Jeff was dipping his toe in the water. Like, can we make this work? He was teasing pictures on Twitter of the physical registration location, stuff like that. Yes. So I think he yeah. was he was and kind of like hinting to people like we could turn this into what you guys were thinking it. One hundred percent. Yeah. And he, Any I think more he'll more like do that. I think he'll do that for the next year as well. It's just ESA has already come out and said like, yeah, E three is actually coming back next year. And I, I'm right. fairly sure Jeff is going to try to also in tandem do his own thing. Um, but we'll see. Like next year is going to have a lot of like crazy, exciting stuff in general around the E3 timeframe that is already like lining up. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two would likely be at next E3. So right. uh, that'll, be, that'll be pretty damn exciting, <clears throat> much less what Capcom and Bandai Namco and all those companies have to, to offer. But I mean, I'm just looking forward to it. E3, like I've been going since 2001 outside of a couple years when it switched to like Santa Monica. Uh, this it's, it's been a big part of like every one of my summers is going here and meeting people that are in the industry again. It was nice to see some people from Capcom uh, again. And it's been a long time for me because of COVID and stuff like that. Uh, but it was cool. Like everyone was COVID compliant. I think almost everybody was wearing masks. Like a ton of people were. Uh, I think you could only get in if you were uh, double vaxxed and stuff like that. So there's a lot of really specific like Jeff's. It's like, I'm just not doing this if it's, unsafe for people sorry yeah so he was able to make his own event what he wanted which was kind of neat so i appreciated it do you think uh like uh, e3 keely versus keely is that the future like are they gonna butt heads not because he's pretty vocal on twitter about you know anytime yeah. e3 has a bad he's day trolling. <laughs> yeah, he gets he's, out he's not just vocal he's trolling <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I, I think i think he I think he is kind of going for the throat in some situations. I don't think Summer Games Fest is going anywhere, even sure. if E3 comes back. So, um, and I think that's good. There needs to be competition. Like, E3 has been kind of shitty, like, behind the scenes for a very long time. And, mm -hmm. it, and it, there was some very big stuff, like the, the crazy information leak that happened to a lot of people. Uh, right, was yeah. absolutely terrible. It's just like, this is, this, is, this is just awful. Like, you guys suck. And then COVID hit, you know, and so there's been nothing and they almost went out of business because it's E3 is the one thing that actually makes them money. So I, I don't think, I think, I think just naturally like publishers will, will flock back and Nintendo will come back and have a big ass booth, you know, just like usual. I don't yeah. think it'll be as big next year, but there will, there will likely be, you know, Capcom will have some big extravagant or shit or whatever game that they have. And that's neat. That's like the spectacle stuff that I just really love about it. You know, it's it's video game Christmas outside of, you know, not being Christmas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you, uh, where, where do you sit on E3 being open to the public? Do you like when it's closed doors? Do you, do you like where it's more uh, PAX oriented? Where, this is an important question to ask Max because he's actually one of the people that gets behind the closed doors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah. what from your perspective, what do you think? Um. To me, I thought they did a pretty good job with the last couple of E3s pre-COVID where in the first two days, like the first two hours, the LA Convention Center was locked off to the public and you just essentially got to roam around with, with if you just had media access. So that part was good because that's where I was able to get the most conversations with, with devs regarding stuff. Um, I mean, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a weird one where even when I was like technically getting access through my, my employment or or friends or anything like that when i was technically like public uh even i preferred not to have as many people because man the the only issue when it is open to the public is that you get a sort of a comic-con syndrome where people start fishing for 
like giveaways, like swag items and stuff. Got it. Okay. They, and they're they're trying to literally sell it right outside the. Uh, they're trying to sell it like right outside the place that it was at. People are like grifting items like outside E3 or grifting oh, really? passes and stuff. They would like yes. go in, buy that something, means- or get something free, then walk outside try to sell it. Yes, or try to sell their their badges and stuff like that. Oh, the badge stuff. Um, yeah, that happens at PAX all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it, it turns into a little bit of a Comic Con situation at that point, and it's kind of like, oh Jesus, there's just so many people. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of, I, I obviously like the one-to-one developer interaction and stuff. It, this stuff that happens at E3 that like just like never happens, you know. Like I, I was roaming Bethesda's booth just looking at people playing Doom Eternal before it was out. Sure. And I was like, damn, this game looks crazy. And all of a sudden, it was either like Marty or one of the lead directors of Doom One runs up to me. He's like, dude, I watched your playthrough. You want to go play the new game? And I was like, holy shit. Uh, I, I tried to get an appointment, but they said I couldn't. They're like, nah, fuck that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, grabbing me. That's and I nice. played Doom at like 120 FPS. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So it's stuff like that. That's just the, the most incredibly cool thing. Like, I can't believe this is my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess any three like that does facilitate it where they can, you know, see a Maximilian dude, even though you're a little bit taller, you, you tower over people. So that might happen in public too. Let me get a ladder. I'll go talk to Max. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? I, I think I read, or I saw you going down an escalator and it took a couple of seconds before I think we were actually eye level as you were going down. What, what, how tall are you? Uh, six, three, six, four. Okay. We're the, maybe, we're the, maybe it's cause you're, you were at the time you were so skinny. Maybe I just thought you were super, super tall. You were probably uh, feeling dwarfed by his stardom. That might also be it too. Yeah, that accounts Absolute for like a horse solid okay. two, to, it's true. two to three it's inches. True. Yeah, and this was you know. this was before you were on the show, so I w- there was some starstruck there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it was like it was like TwitchCon 2014 or something like that. Maybe it might have been the first one. It was in San Diego, so it it was definitely a while back. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was 2014, 2015, something like that. I just remember you being very tall, and I was like, "Damn, Max is tall." Anyways. Anyways. Very tall and very frail. Yes, yeah, you've you've put on some oh, uh, some muscles now. <laughs> we're changing that. We're working. Yeah, exactly. Working on that shit. <laughs> Woo, let's go. Yeah, we're, <laughs> well, slowly but surely. Well, sorry for me. being late. By the way, that's we were just literally talking about uh, their workout regime uh, <laughs> before we got going. So that's on uh, that's on me for not getting the show started. I was getting it, workout tips. It's true. It's true. Uh, Street Fighter Five uh, obviously had some rough start to it. We got Street Fighter Six coming out. Me and Co are kind of in the realm of wanting to play it now i think with guilty gear dude i got, I got into my, it. my yeah. cheat box controller ready to go that's right we got him I'm a hip saving box. it for street fighter Ooh, 6 cool. yeah, yeah i'm so excited he gets That'll be an interesting that. interesting experience yeah yeah it it takes it's a it's a process do you think uh, street fighter 6 like is it gonna be from what you've played are schmucks like me and co gonna be able to get in there sorry uh and and have some fun and and be competitive or is it just yeah we're gonna get wiped i i think there's already things in it that are setting up for anybody to have fun in a different way that street fighter has had before yeah and to be to be frank like the most important thing to to get people into a fighting game is making a good game number one is is putting enough stuff in it that will actually draw an audience that'll get people excited to want to jump in and play or learn characters um i tell this all the time like directly with gameplay isn't usually the thing that'll make a fighting game explode with casuals Mm. usually you need a game that has great visuals great content and a great roster if those things happen casual people are going to show up like crazy and the nicest part about 
Street Fighter VI is that the game seems to be setting up for most of that. We don't we don't see the whole roster yet, but it definitely has a visual style that's much different and is evolving from Street Fighter in the past. And it is going to have the content that a lot of people have been looking for. It's got like a Shenmue style story mode where you go around yeah. and visit the old the old masters of Street Fighter, which are like the world warriors. Yeah. And you like learn, you make your own character seemingly, you learn moves from them, you travel from like area to area and you get in fights. That's the, that's the kind of stuff that we saw before. And that just sounds like a really cool, like, damn, that's never, that's never actually been in Street Fighter before. Technically, it was an Alpha 3, like a little bit, but they're making like a proper story out of it. And when I asked the devs about that, um, one of my biggest gripes about Mortal Kombat story modes is that they're amazing, right? They're really cool. But whenever other devs try to do it, it's just not as good. Like NRS is so great at doing like Injustice and MK story modes. Um, and whenever Capcom has tried to do it, it's just not, it, it's, it's just crappy. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah the story sucks like the fights are short like i don't get it man but we're barely playing this um in this game the devs told me specifically that they want their story mode to be a way to teach people how to play fighting games and teach people eventually how to play street fighter 6 so that is like the big goal is to like ease people like a, like a normal video game right in god of war you just don't throw people against valkyries at the start there's a nice <laughs> little progression of how you play the game and how to utilize all the game's mechanics but do it in a story setting um and luckily that's something that the devs specifically said like we want to teach people how to play our game through our story mode i'm like thank god that's good to hear like thank that's like what i've been asking for for years like how about we use a cinematic story mode in some way just to get people better at your game and move them along your mechanics and your engine the same way that any other game does and for some reason fighting games just don't do this yeah so i was really excited when i heard that that means that people will actually be able to get into the game in ways that were different from before well, not not only all of that. Also, that story mode is almost attracting people that may not even be into fighting games to possibly ease them sure. into the genre as a whole. So, like, not not sure. only just learning Street Fighter Six, but I know when I saw that originally, I was like, "What is this? Is it going to be the kind of thing where we're going to be making our own characters and able to like fight them versus other people's create you know custom characters? Where it's like you don't possibly need to pick something from a roster, but it's like you you RPG style build up a character." learn the moveset of that character that that's you in the game and then you get to take you and fight it versus other people's use and you know kind of like <laughs> come up like that that's that's a, a very cool concept especially if you've spent hours and hours like methodically working with this character he has his own story he's got his own moves that you've handpicked each one of them like that could be really cool and again go for people that aren't even fighting game fans in a lot of ways yeah and that's what it seems like they are they are going for. We haven't we've only gotten so much information, and they're they're talking a bit about it. But we've only seen so much on what the uh, the what the world tour mode is, which is the big offline offerings of the game. And yeah, it seemingly is like that. Like you make your it looks like it's a creative character. It looks like you're going to go around and learn moves and stuff like that. You approach it like it's a Shenmue style like world where you go around and like talk to characters and just fight them, like just get into street fights. And it's another like weird custom looking character that you can get into a street fight with. This isn't just Ryu or Guile or something like that. It is other characters that work in this world. I don't think that's going to be um, multiplayer, like multiplayer other characters in the world, but there was already uh, a big online functionality called the Battle Hub, which is no kidding, like PlayStation Home, version of street fighter where it looks like you take your creative character straight to online and that's like your avatar so the hope oh, is cool. that well man there should just be like a goofball fun mode where you can fight your custom character with their moves and stats and stuff against other people's fun characters like 
And then if you want to get to the actual ranked part, it's the raw Street Fighter experience, you know? So we've already seen a lot of stuff that involves like character customization and shops and things like that in these modes. And it really is looking that way where it's like, man, you get to make your own personal fighter in some way and give them moves potentially from like other characters. Could be cool. I, I like the uh, the look of it. I think uh, I think it'll be enough. Like the reason Guilty Gear, I think, was so fun to play was because the look of it. Right. You, you were correct. Sure. In saying like the graphics, it's flashy. You have the super moves. Everything's crazy. That's what it's brought you the, in at first. Yeah, it's what got me in at first. Uh, and, and this seems like it's it's having the same effect that it's very flashy and, and they're kind of going that route. I love the character models and all that. How does the uh, yeah. the general like fighting game community feel? You, you're our conduit here at Drop Frames into the FGC. So it, we have game no correspondent. Way, yeah, our fighting game correspondent. That's exactly right. Unofficial. How are they so... <laughs> feeling about what they saw and what and what you play? This is some of your footage right here as well. So if people want to watch it, yeah. definitely go check out the, your YouTube channel for all that. But yeah, how's I, the FGC? I was very... I was very lucky. I probably spent a total of like five, six hours playing the Damn. game over the two days that I went. And and I'm not even kidding you. Maybe three and a half of those hours were actually spent fighting the director and producer of the game. That's um, awesome. So I got to they see just have, like, what running like, commentary during it, like what they were thinking no. and how they did stuff. And <laughs> well, well, that that was the idea. Is that I didn't want to just play like anybody else that was just playing the game and just like hitting buttons and figuring stuff out. I was like, there's a lot of mechanics in this game like almost like a daunting amount at the start of like, you can do what you can do, what you can do, what like characters can characters can do way more stuff than they could before, which is actually a, a very good thing. Cause it was a big issue with street fighter five. Yeah. So I went to the devs and I was like, can I play you guys? Cause I want to see how the devs are intending this game to be played. Right. They're not going to, to eventually play the game like a previous game or try to play it like a street fighter four or play it like a street fighter three third strike. Now the devs are going to start using mechanics in ways that they design them for. So I'm like, yeah, what is your guys' intention? Uh, how do I use this stuff? And yeah, as soon as I fought them, I saw tons of things that no person was doing, and it made the game super fascinating. Because even at the start, like I wasn't seeing that, and I was like, ah, it feels okay. And then as soon as I played the devs, I was like, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, this is fun. Like some, they were setting up for these moments and situations that are really specific. And then once these mechanics come into place, it okay, I see what they're going for, right? Yeah. Is that going to be the way the game eventually devolves into? I can't say, but at least I have an idea of what the devs are aiming for, like what their goal is with all these mechanics. And yeah, it's different. It's it's a lot different than when Street Fighter has been before, while also feeling very Street Fighter-y. And it, it becomes a bit difficult to explain, what is this game like? Like, is it like Street Fighter 4? Is it like Street Fighter 5? Is it like Street Fighter 3 Third Strike? It's got parrying. Is it just going to be Third Strike all over again? And I'm like, I... It, mm. It's really hard to explain, like, in, in layman's terms, what it's like. And then I, I eventually came to this conclusion. I'm like, this game is like Resident Evil 2 Remake. And people are like, what the hell are you talking about? You know when you play <laughs> Go RE2? On. There's a big guy that follows <laughs> you, know you around. You play RE2 Remake? <laughs> and, and you play RE2 Remake, and you're like, this is, a, this is a brand new, crazy different game. But it's still RE2, right? You, you still feel like you're playing the, the meat of RE2 there, but the gameplay experience is completely different. That's what Street Fighter Six is like. You feel like that you're much, still playing huh? something that is absolutely tried and true Street Fighter, but in the way and fashion that you're playing it, just like RE2 Remake, completely new experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, that's how I had to like break it down for some people. So if you, if you like that aspect of it, where you're getting something brand new, that's the thing that the FGC is very much excited about right 
because a, a lot of people ended up uh street fighter 5's gameplay was very polarizing for many people a fine game like nothing really wrong with street fighter 5's gameplay it's just that it's executing something very specific when people play it that some folks just don't like so i i would say that the overall impression from the fgc in general yeah over many years has been that capcom fighting games have kind of been a joke right it's kind of been like, man, they're just screwing up so many different ways ever since 2016 to Marvel Infinite to weird Street Fighter DLC issues to issues with Street Fighter V. And man, it's just, it would just be so nice if these guys can just do something that'll make people happy. This game, from all of its showings so far, is making a lot of people happy. And uh, that the impression now is that everyone's waiting for Street Fighter VI, where it's like, oh, this game's going to be, this game's going to be dope, right? It, we don't know if it's going to be the greatest game in the world, but right now it's, essentially fixing and learning from a lot of the the past that street fighter five had issues with yeah yeah well i mean the new paint system is just it's just nice to watch it reminds me of guilty gear where it's like the thing you feel like you're watching an anime sometimes where it all kind of flows together so well yeah yeah really wild and this this footage doesn't really do the game justice bitrate doesn't do the game justice in in person it looks really good well, uh, there's there's some crazy stuff where it's like no kidding uh if, if you're on windscreens and stuff like that or during supers you literally see the characters muscles flexing and stuff when they do shit and that's like what they said the re engine which is the first time this is the first fighting game made in the re engine uh that they were, they were able to utilize a lot of that crazy visual stuff yeah it looks great definitely if you have the the means to do so go watch some 4k footage of it because it Stuff like that right there, like Co saying the ink that fills in, it looks uh, the paint, looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Looks really good. Um animations are also just so fluid. The connectivity they're ridiculous. and the reaction like, dude, the animations in insane. In in motion, like I can't even believe how much bonus personality they put into characters. The the, the thing I can say is that th- this game oozes like passion. In a lot of t- in a lot of situations with previous Capcom fighting games like Street Fighter V in the first few seasons and like MVCI, it felt like the game was very constricted by a budget. Where it's like we can't add that cool stuff; it'll cost money. We can't do that; it'll cost money. If we really wanted to add like some interesting intro or something, what what's the net return here? Okay, how many more copies are we going to sell if we add these like flares and all these cool things that people want? Like, what's that actually going to get us? That's what it felt like was happening to Capcom fighting games for like a long time. And this game feels the complete opposite. Like there's, there's a ton of like so many crazy nods and references that are thrown throughout characters' moves and gameplay and stuff that it's just like, what? Like the, the faces at the character versus screen, if you move around the joystick, their, their expressions change. So they go, oh, wow. and they go, ah, and they go, ooh, ah, <laughs> and you can, you can rotate them and stuff like, why would you need to do that? Like why? I definitely just, saw when when someone was selecting their character earlier. You could tell somebody was just doing the circle because the guy was like, <laughs> "That's kind of fun." Exactly. Yeah. And there's like an interesting like burnout state of this game because there's a meter where if you use too much of a meter, you enter a burnout state, which is your character's like in a weakness state, mm. but you can still play. Mm. Most characters when they're in their burnout state that are like OG characters like Ryu and Chun Li, <clears throat> their poses revert back to their Street Fighter Two default poses. So instead of Chun Li being in her new like fancy like kung fu pose, she goes back to her old Chun Li SF2 pose. Huh. Like it's like she's reverted back because she doesn't have access to all the mechanics for a bit. She's just like back to her Street Fighter 2 version of her character. I'm like clever. that's such a nice little nod. Yeah. Like, like a visual reference because you're missing mechanics when you're in burnout mode. That's great. Yeah. 
Did they ever talk of is is the new paint system which every character seems to have? And I remember seeing in like a, an interview or an FAQ they did with the devs that they actually called it the paint system. Is there some kind of is is that just there to look good? Like what what is what is the paint system exactly? It's they talk about the, that at the, all? Yeah, the visual of the paint system is is attached to the uh, the drive mechanic. And the, the drive meter, if you look at the top of the life bars, there's like green life bars below that recover um, like automatically. And if you attack, so that's that's called the drive system. It's called like drive impact, drive parry, you know, drive rush, these different things that you can use the drive system for. Um, and whenever you do them, yeah, they, each character has their own unique like graffiti ink splash. I'm not even huh. kidding you. When you get a KO with a super, uh, I think we might have just seen it. A giant like wall graffiti art comes across the back of the screen and then zoops around as like a transition and stuff. It's incredibly cool, like that right there. I don't know if that's going to be customized for characters, but it feels like that's definitely an opportunity to do so, where you can like get like customized graffiti art per character. Hmm. But that's that's the big thing of the game, like the ink splash, like the artistic preference of characters. Ryu is obviously like Akira Kurosawa in many ways while some characters are very much like street feeling sure um there's a lot of like urban hip-hop flavor throughout the entire game and that's especially apparent in like the music uh and if that's i can i can say for one thing uh street fighter has been lacking identity for a while where street fighter 5 was just not street fighter 4 <laughs> and it was it was Whoa. a very weird game where it was like what what is the identity of this game? Like previous Street Fighters were always doing something. Street Fighter Two was Street Fighter Two. That was World Warrior is a big game, and then Street Fighter Alpha. What was that? Oh, it's Street Fighter Two, but it's like anime with new characters. Okay, <laughs> cool. And then Street Fighter Three essentially had like a lot of urban hip hop feel throughout all of it with beautiful animations. Street Fighter Four was a return to Street Fighter Two, and then what was SF Five? It was just SF Four again. So they, there wasn't much identity to the game because it had a very rushed development. Yeah. Um, this game's been in development for a long time and it's actually like, it, it's returning to the streets. And that's the nice part about like the, the theming of the game is that it really has a fantastic like feel to like the UI and the identity. I love it, man. So real quick, I just noticed that Jamie, uh, he, he drinks and I'm guessing that's like a, a self buff. It looked yes. like he got to the point where all of a sudden his hair just, he just said, let like, his hair down, it. man. Like, yes. let's his hair down. Is that, is that like max yes. power mode is when his hair is all the way? Yes. Is, <laughs> That's great. He is, a, That's he great. is a, a drunken, like Kung Fu. So his, his gimmick is that he is like a, uh, a, a, a drunken Kung Fu character, right? Drunken boxing. So, but he, he loves hip hop and he likes uh, dancing, right? So he's like a drunken Kung Fu break dancer. And yes, Great. in nice. certain moves, he'll drink at the end of it, and it levels him up four power levels. And when he gets to the fourth power level, it like all of his hair comes out, his, his clothes become loose, his face becomes red, and he gets like different characters all the way through, like different different moves all the way through. And what's even crazier is just a few rounds ago, it looks like he won in his max four state, and he had a completely more like chill animation when he won, yes. where his like hands were droopy and stuff. So it's like, yes, he have different animation states for like each level. Like, I don't oh, know if it's Lord, each dude. level because the, the only one that really changes when he's in level four, what he gets access to is completely different moves, and he gets like more more red, like his face gets redder and yeah. redder, yeah. and he has different lines of dialogue. Uh, you'll notice like when he walks around, just his walk cycle is him like 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 jauntying like he's dancing. 
So even even oh. when he's walking back and forward and doing everything, it's like he's moving to a like a beat of some kind. It's in he's, and he's crazy fun. The character has I'm looking at this character's move list because he has all these like drink modified moves where it's like this move now turns into this. In level two drink, you now get this, this, and this. In level four drink, you're unleashed and you get this, 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 and this. It's like I'm like scrolling down this. He's got so much stuff. This is crazy. <laughs> this is so cool. So that that's that's actually very welcome because in Street Fighter Five, like a lot of characters' move lists were brutally short. Like mm. they really simplified characters down to a point where it's like. It was always hard to find like an identity for a character in some way because there were so so few things you could do. Sure, sure. Uh, Max, am I going to have a, a character that has a dolphin that can go across the screen and and do super simple? Is, am I stuck with Guile? What am I doing? <laughs> there, <laughs> well, yeah. If you like charge characters, right? Guile might yeah. might be your might be your main. Right. Um, he looks. I, he looks great. Is, I like his his design. Yeah. There's a lot of like the the drive. I don't know if you played Street Fighter Four, but there's like a focus attack. Sure. Um, the drive impact in this game is pretty much a focus attack, but better okay. and faster. So, and it'll plow through moves, and you have to be ready. Like that's that's it right there. You saw when Chun Li with the big splash. Oh right, right. That's when characters essentially plow through and have two hits of armor that just go through moves, and it seems pretty hard to deal with at the start, but I you'll be able to react to it eventually. All that kind of stuff is like, I call them like momentum disruptors. The game is a very like big, like tug tug of war kind of game where it's like give space here, take space back, give space here, take space back. And with the core mechanics and all you do to, to do that is just like press the uh, the heavies, heavy punch, heavy kick. That's it. Oh, that's simple. So none of like okay. the actual. Yeah, the, yeah, none of the actual um, like input specifics are really difficult. And the game does have a uh, a what's it called i forget what mode it's called but it's called like new control mode or something like that instead of instead of like classic their new control mode is that you don't have to do the motions for special moves you can just do nice. like forward and a button and you get fireball or you get dragon punch yeah the big caveat to that is that um it's a six button game right street fighter street fighter is traditionally a six button fighting game you lose three buttons so you get light medium heavy but all your special moves are super easy to do at that point. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Seems like it'll be and approachable it was, then. It was going very well for people that were just like casual Street Fighter fans having like a really fun time seeing all this cool stuff happening. I'm like, that's important, right? You should just let, there, there should be, let everyone do cool stuff, but there clearly should be like an upgrade path to, to doing even more cool stuff, but it's going to be a bit harder. And that's what the classic scheme is for, which is like, yeah, the manual inputs, you get six attacks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That makes per- that, that complete as a fighting game veteran. I'm completely fine with that. You know, let people do flashy shit and have fun. As long as there's an upgrade path, there's a reason to evolve to something else that will eventually allow you to have like full control over your character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my chat was, was <laughs> clue me in. Is JP a returning character or is that a brand new character in, in the leaked list uh, that, that was out there? There's a character named JP. Is that, I don't yeah. know my Street Fighter deep, deep lore. Is that a new one or is that a returning totally character? New. Okay, totally yeah. new. Gotcha. There, there, and there's, a, a per, according to that list, there's like a very large, like one third of the roster that's completely new. Well, that's exciting. And that seems to be because like Shadowloo, you know, like the old vega bison like old shadow lou is kind of gone we are we are we are after 23 years we're finally past street fighter three third strike 
all, all the other Street Fighter wise. games that have come out since then have been pre Street Fighter three. So now Ryu and Ken are in their forties, right? <laughs> Chun Li, like these characters are like in their early forties. They're they're the masters at this point of 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 the new gen, which is like uh, Luke and and Jamie. They're like the newer generation Street Fighters. Got it. It'll be cool. That leak list looked really, really in, uh, interesting, I guess, with all the, the characters. It certainly did. It sucked boy for Capcom, Ken. but yeah. Look what they've done to my boy. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I was a Ken guy growing up, so, like, I'm I'm, I'm, he's, I'm probably going to return to him. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, my favorite, oh, my Lord. my favorite Street Fighter character is Ken, so I'm very, yeah. I'm very confused and perplexed and just wondering, like, why did they have to, why did, why did she have to take the kids, man, like, <laughs> sort of story that he's got, so I'm, I, I'm super curious where they're going to be going with that because once again, it's a, it's a much different direction than usual. <laughs> it's dark. I feel like we need to protect him. I feel like he needs a yes. hug, and, and we need to buy him a beer. Get him a beer, and yeah. maybe from another the looks of it, a warm dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man! Uh, did did they talk? I, I, rollback has become this like almost fad. I, I think in the fighting game world, where everyone talks about it, everyone wants every game to have rollback. Uh, are you confident in like the netcode and talking with the devs and and asking them about it? Because I know you did. Are you confident in them coming out with like rollback equivalent of whatever Guilty Gear is or whatever the best rollback is in the fighting sure. game? Is this game going to have it? Is it going to be similar? Is that the big yeah, question? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident because a lot of the rollback issues that Street Fighter Five had, uh, and just to just for absolute clarity, Street Fighter Five has rollback netcode. Right, it can run well, but the issue with it is that they essentially designed it, and this is the the early days of like rollback in big main games. Um, they designed it incorrectly at a fundamental level where it can like never be fixed. Oh, so they. They, they essentially uh, set themselves up for like a, a catastrophic failure with, with the net play of Street Fighter V from like the beginning. So they fixed a lot of those issues in MVCI. MVCI actually has pretty good netcode and it is an evolution of this one. I'm pretty confident that the devs know what the issue is. And the nice part is that there was just another Capcom fighting game collection that was released that was made in-house at Capcom mm -hmm. with new netcode that does use rollback netcode. And it's good. Nice. And that is the the Capcom Fighting Collection that just came out, like last week or so, something, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm pretty. I don't think it's going to be the same thing. It probably won't be because it's a different engine. This is the RE engine that they're making stuff on. I'm pretty confident that the netcode is going to be fine. Right. Okay. It's it's probably going to be completely usable and playable. Um, the bigger news about it and what helps the netcode also be fine is the fact that I asked the devs about crossplay and they say yes, we're going to have crossplay. Nice. So, at just launch to establish, or just in general, Did they even get at launch. Oh wow! Okay, that's so, exciting. So just cool. to establish, this game's coming out on Xbox. It's coming out on PlayStation. It's coming out on PC. But it's not just that. It's coming out on previous gens as well. So this game is about to launch on more platforms than any Street Fighter game has had ever in its history, and more user base than any time a street fighter game has ever had accessibility to so the crazy part is that that helps roll back netcode because once again you have crossplay you have more people to play with right between every single platform more chances for you to get better connections or people that aren't as far away where the rollback can be kind of snappy mm -hmm. and uh more chances for people to that are new to eventually run into somebody that is of their skill level and not get their 
ass blown out by some guy that's a level 99 veteran because the game just can't match you with anybody else yeah yeah super quick before we continue we have a lot of people that may not normally play fighting games could you just briefly explain rollback what that means yes please yeah we, so we i mean coca try but we'll fuck it up so let's have the fighting super game guy do it. <laughs> super easy layman's terms definition is that uh there's a couple different types of fighting game netcode a delay base and a rollback and a delay base means that the further somebody is away, the more your inputs are delayed. The game looks smooth, but when you press the button, then it comes out, right? And that's been like online fighting games for a very long time, pre like 2015, most games were like that. Rollback netcode is something that is a bit more CPU intense and hard to implement, but it makes it so that when you press your button, it comes out, right? Make sure that when both players are pressing their attack, it'll actually come out when you press it or very close to when you're pressing it. So that's why rollback netcode is really valuable. It means that it means that you'll actually be playing the game instead of fighting the online. Mm. And regardless of somebody's distance or potentially Wi-Fi in some situations, rollback can fix that problem, right? It's it's a solution to the fact that not everyone's internet is perfect or not everyone is going to be playing right next door to each other, you know? Yeah. So that's why that's why there's been a big um that's why I've been a big advocate and there's been a lot of people in the community that have been advocates and that's why Guilty Gear eventually got it, you know? And that's, that's it's, it's been, been insanely important for fighting games, especially in a post-pandemic, like, COVID world where we can only play them online. Like, thank God, because th this was the thing that eventually got everybody on board that you have to have this shit because delay-based fighting games suck. Yeah. Like, they're really... They are, there's very few and far in between that are ever good and that will always run into issues where if somebody's far away, you're essentially screwed. Yeah. C can you... Is it too long of a discussion to get into specifically what the rollback part means on like an advanced level? For because people yes. are still like, so, what does that what does that mean? What does rollback mean? So the the reason it's called rollback yeah. is because um, this is a a CPU intensive, essentially predictionary based netcode. Okay. Right. So just to break that down, because the game is going to essentially predict what your next input is and make an assumption that they know what you're going to do. Uh, and that seems crazy, but it's actually not. They've been doing this since like Unreal Tournament in the early 2000s, where they have to make an assumption that whatever input carries over is going to be the same input that was before if they're missing something. So long story short, if it's not the same thing, if something weird happens, it rolls back to what actually happened. So the, the game is constantly in a state this happens of in like... fractions of a second. This happens in 60 times a second, yeah. right? So the game is constantly in a state of predicting what is going to happen next. And then, oh, it didn't happen. We lost an input there, right? Something, some weird lag happened or something. We're going to roll back to what it was. But that'll happen within some, most of the time, within three frames. Three, three frames of 60 every second. So in many situations, if characters have like a lot of animation, it'll roll back to something and you won't even visually see it. Like... And, and sometimes that the rollback's really bad and you have moves that are crazy quick, this move comes out in six frames. Well, if you lost the first three frames of animations in a six-frame move, you just lost half the move, you'll see a big snap. Like, the character will come out immediately. Luckily, not a lot of fighting games move that fast. <laughs> there's, like a nice, there's, like, a very big leeway of, like, how much time can happen. But this isn't, this isn't anything unique to fighting games like Modern Warzone uses this kind of so modern warfare 2019 uses rollback netcode for its multiplayer hmm. you know to sync the player state yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful videos that are online if you just if you just youtube rollback netcode to learn more about the specifics of it 
Cool. But it's a very cool, like, it was designed by the fighting game community. It was designed by people that ran Evo. It's designed by the devs of Project L. They yeah. created rollback netcode for, like, fighting games. Yeah. So it's very much rooted in the fact that, yeah, you're not really playing a fighting game anymore if your inputs are crazy delayed. And you're just sort of predicting what the person is going to do way in advance. And rollback netcode sort of fixes that. It allows you to actively play and react to what the other person is doing. Sure, sure. Great explanation. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Have, have we had you on to talk about Project L at all? Because they, they showed some footage a while back. I don't know if we've had you on the show since then. We should wait till after Evo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, let, what's let's the date wait on like Evo? One, one month from now. Okay. Ish. That's Yeah. I'm, and we, okay. we might have something to talk about. So you're saying That's I should it. talk to my wife about something happening at <laughs> My wife works at Riot. Uh, if maybe if, if there's one place She's for project L to show up again secrets from me max and i need to know <laughs> if, if there's one spot that project l is going to show up this year uh evo 2022 is it okay and that's that's because the the brothers that run the event and have been responsible for it yeah, are yeah. also the lead designers of project l and right. they promised us an update this year after showing the game was going to be like a tag team sort of like fighting game many moons ago now yeah. so um it, it, this is the one this is the time this they is don't it, say they don't much. say that yeah, shit for game awards this is the time <laughs> yeah yeah uh very excited to see what that is just because i i think if street fighter like if street fighter 6 and and project l are the two big fighting games coming up it uh, should be a good time for fighting games <laughs> moving forward and we still don't know what the heck nether has been working on that's They've true yeah that shit up big secret yeah what what are the rumors flying around with that is it the next mortal Kombat? are they doing like some dc x crossover like what what's going on with that pretty much that mortal Kombat. okay like a, a lot of a lot of the big prominent leakers and industry folks have pretty much said that it's mortal Kombat. okay uh, mortal Kombat 12 and they're seemingly skipping uh injustice 3 uh but right. i secretly uh, i have a deep hope that it's not just mortal Kombat right there's been a lot of other rumors of what it can be and i have some i have some personal like fingers crossed that it's you know something actually different and crazy i think it will still be a fighting game but i i i have some personal hopes that it's not just mk12 because that's kind of expected at this point yeah yeah that's exciting that's their, that's their golden goose right there i mean they know that would be successful they know it would make them sure. money I mean, I'm not even sure. a fighting game fan, and I always at least get the Mortal Kombat's to play through the main story. Oh, you yeah, know, the last absolutely. one was like a yeah. freaking movie. Everybody does. It was it was awesome gorgeous. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. Yeah, that that was... Uh, so. I remember we both got sponsored stream for that, and we're just like, yeah. No, yeah. We're going to do it's that. fun, dude. That's the easiest great. sponsorship ever. <laughs> yeah, just oh, play through sure. the experience. I, I did my sponsored thing, and then the next day jumped on and finished it. Yeah. I mean, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to finish this. Like, it's, this is awesome. It's yeah. dumb fun. It's always a good time. Yeah, it really is. Always yeah, it's in, it's, uh, that, that's why I keep saying, like, other fighting game devs have tried to do NRS-style story modes, and they're just never as good. Yeah. I'm like, these guys, don't stop. Just please just do something different, which is why I'm glad Street Fighter Six is doing a world tour something different, because they did it. They did an NRS-style story mode in Street Fighter Five, and it was fucking awful. It was, it, I, I'm playing through it again right now, Oh god! It is so bad. Is it still like, text based? Where like there's no spoken? No, dialogue? no. It was a big cinematic. <laughs> Street Fighter Five had a big cinematic story mode about Bison blocking out the moon with a techno moon. That wasn't yes, there at launch, right? The, I remember I played that post launch. Oh, it wasn't okay. there at launch. It came out post launch, and fuck? it is the 
it is so bad. Like it's <laughs> it's way worse than it was in 2016. It's even worse now. I can't I can't believe how bad it is. How long is it? Is it is it pretty short to run through it? It's it's like five six hours. Okay. It's about the same huh. length as like an NRS style story mode. I had no idea that there was a bison in the moon and all that. I can just not imagine missing anything. I can just imagine Max like I hope it's something different. And then you know the 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 reveal starts. It's like Mortal Kombat, and Max just breathes it out. And then all of a sudden it's like colon the new open world RPG. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, and it's like from six there. Yeah. I, I feel like if they did even a Shaolin, I don't know if you ever played Shaolin Monks, which was like oh, a yeah. beat 'em up where Liu Kang day. and where, yeah, that that game's amazing. Yeah, that was it. Was Liu Kang? Was it Sub Zero? Was the other person you played as? You could play a Sub Zero and Scorpion. It was it was Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Oh, it was Kung like Lao, the Shaolin Monks. Right, right, go right, 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 right. Wasn't there like a Sub Zero only Mortal Kombat? That's game? what I'm thinking. Yes, of. we don't talk about that. Oh, okay, that's oh. that's one we don't talk. About. Yes, got it, got it. We, just, we, we do not talk about Sub Zero mythologies, and I definitely have never played it <laughs> and died a billion times. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's weird because I could have sworn I remembered. It. I guess not. I yeah, guess maybe it, no, it didn't exist. It's yeah. weird. It's like it's like the it's like the second Devil May Cry. They just skipped it for some reason. They went straight. Yeah, they just went right from one to three. Very weird. I tell you, it happens. It happens in video games. That's how it goes. Uh, Is that? Do you think Mortal Kombat something we see at Evo as well? Is is that a possibility? Um, unfortunately, no. Like uh, for for like the bigger like WB announcements and Bandai Namco and Capcom announcements, they'll 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 probably for like brand new game announcements. Evo's kind of small for that. Okay. Uh, it's still a huge event, so adding like new characters and things like that—that's where you show that shit off. Mm. But most of the time, if you're talking like a brand new WB marketing effort, that's going to be some Game Awards shit. Sure, that's going to be like we have a big CG trailer for Game Awards, and then a big reveal a month later, which yeah. was what they did for MK MK11. So if there's if there's a spot this year where we might see what NRS is working on, which at that point will have been four years since Mortal Kombat 11. Damn. Um, it's going to be Game Awards. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, you're, you're bringing up the cogwheels keep spinning. Uh, Evo's obviously gone through some changes in the, the past couple of years. Uh, oh, yeah. How, like, is, is this the... What, what is the general thought of Evo coming up? Are, like, people super excited for it? Are they like, how is this going to go? What, what are we going to see here? What, what's the general uh, idea around it? I think it's, I mean, it's the first time Evo's going to be back in like in person, in person, in Vegas again. Yeah. I will not be attending this year just because uh, I, I, I'm still not going to like big events, like very big events like that as sure, uh, until yeah. like things just calm down and my daughter gets a vaccination in some way. Makes so, sense. but the people that are in charge of Evo are very different than a few years of the past. And um, the dude that was a, a, a previous Twitch employee also ran Combo Breaker Rick is essentially running a lot of like the events side of Evo now. And it sounds very cool. cool. Like the things that he is setting up for and making playable uh, in terms of what Evo has been before sounds very cool. Yeah. So it, it seems fun, right? I think we're sort of like waiting for um, waiting for more announcements and things like that, because we already know the games that are going to be there, which is a pretty healthy amount of games. Mm-hmm. It should be good. Like I'm, I'm expecting there to be big game announcements and, you know, stuff like that. Maybe not the biggest ones like NRS or Bandai Namco showing Tekken 8 or anything like that, but I, I do think that there will definitely be some substantial stuff along with having like a really good tournament. So I'll be, I'll be watching it from home this year. Sure. And, and the, help me out. It's PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation owns Evo, right? Sure. 
And yes, then, Sony does. And then Pokimane's company is helping. What, how does Pokimane fit into Because I saw that headline. Yeah, Pokimane's involved in this, but I don't know yeah. at what level. Like, it's her company. It's it's someone in her company. I, I think, I think like, there's, like, a financial involvement in some way. Okay. Right? I don't, but I, it, it, uh, is she, like, running it and making decisions? Probably not. I, I legit don't know, and I don't know why that would even be the case in general. Yeah. So... I, I, I that yeah that's news from like a year ago it's it's cool i mean neat <laughs> like, that's great yeah but what is it what's what is it beyond that like i don't know exactly i really couldn't tell you yeah so okay but in in, in general it's like a, it's a sony run event where it's not just sony games from what i understand mm. and the the cool part about it is that playstation 5 fighting games have sort of had issues over the past couple of years in general they have a lot of input delay Mm. um and the unreal engine is the culprit of that on ps5 for some reason unreal engine on ps5 has a lot of input delay and of course now we got a new tournament right where you're going to be playing on sony hardware in almost right. every fashion possible and those games technically play the worst on sony hardware um and that's kind of caused sony to contact epic and be like hey uh fighting games on our systems are not, are not running great can we do something and epic games is like yeah we're looking into it so that's that's, that's been a, a really nice net positive about the Sony situation is that now that there's like a tandem and a relationship there, Unreal is looking into their engine to sort of fix those input delay issues because devs, almost every fighting game has this problem. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's good. That's uh, our, our fighting game correspondent, Max, is here quarterly. That's his report. Quarterly. <laughs> the FTC <laughs> is strong. We'll check in next quarter. It seems like 2023 yeah, exactly. is going to be a pretty insane fighting game year. It will. Yeah. It, it seems, will. It seems like there's going to be a lot with between Project L potentially seeing more. We've got new Street Fighter, whatever NetherRealm is up to. It seems like it could be a pretty crazy year. Uh, so at least my hitbox will get some going on. out of it. I'm, I'm excited to pull that thing out of the the drawer and dust the get all the dust <laughs> off of that uh, after after the Guilty Gear maying that occurred uh what else has been going i guess we, we could talk a little final fantasy I, you had a good uh i felt like this e3 or not e3 uh is really what i've been calling it was tailored for you max because they did all the street fighter stuff Lord of god and then uh and then they went crazy with this uh this final fantasy uh nonsense that came out um with yeah. kind of a weird like they kind of underplayed or or underhyped i think this stream they just said like yeah we'll have 10 minutes of final fantasy stuff you can come check it out and then they just like showed a ton of stuff and uh yeah you, you were like, very fun every to watch. voice actor and everyone was like ff7 associated on twitter was like watch you need to watch <laughs> like so there, you, there was you definitely were significantly like, hyped going into it then yeah there, there was enough there's enough big names and producers and you know english side square enix people that were like you need to watch this like type of stuff happening on twitter that got me pretty excited yeah and luckily like it was it was a roller coaster ride of what they first were showing and it was like oh my god are we really going to spend time on this yeah. then it ended up being like an insanely valuable 10 minutes where it's like damn that was better than like some e3 shows in general so yeah i was i was pretty satisfied by the end of it to say the least yeah we uh i mean where where to begin i'm i'm we already talked about the clip uh of us who was it that predicted the name in full? Was it was it Co or was it Max? Oh, I got the domain and Max is the one okay. that came up with the name. Do you still have the domain point? Yeah, I just said rebirth. I said rebirth and reunion. Okay. I think yeah. I think I think Strippin said reunion. I don't I remember. Was it you on both of them? It was, I, was, I think I think we were on the same page. Yeah. I think it was you like, guys were. Yeah. 
yeah. think we're both of us were like rebirth or reunion or what do you call the next games yeah. and funny enough we were right kind of because reunion think, is one of them oh i think you guys both nailed it i mean i mean the reunion is definitely it's the crisis core remake so yes. it, it, it and honestly like we were saying before the show if reunion was not going to be for the crisis core remake it probably would have been the third game so yeah <laughs> so i mean it, it's all it's all going to be very That'd interesting and now of course sense. yeah and now of course the big question is why is it not called crisis core remake you know what what's the reunion part and are we going to get like a remake style ending it's so funny yeah. for. <laughs> i co so, says that and i see max's eyebrow go whoop <laughs> I, I see him so, there he is and the deep breath and here we go <laughs> Jump so on the train. I, I mean it's the the craziest part is that the devs actually came out and said it where they're like nomura specifically is like i can't wait to tell you why we have titled the games the way we have and i'm like Oh, we know. Don't worry, Nomura. We know. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, yeah, and there, it actually causes a bit of confusion. Where a lot of people were confused what the heck Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is, and I'm like, it's remake part two. They're like, oh, why didn't they just call it that? And I'm like, <laughs> because Final Fantasy VII Remake, its title isn't technically referring to what the game is. It's referring to the intentions of a character, which are practically revealed in a very nonchalant way by the end of the game. And that that's sort of a confusing marketing thing because people are like, now, wait a minute, it's not called remake part two, like, and I can I can understand because yeah, not everybody is on board with what the hell is actually going on in this game's in the game's story yeah. and what they're setting up for the future. So like, not having the remake part two like moniker is 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 sort of damaging because now people are kind of confused where it's like you have to explain no rebirth is part two, you know? So I, I that's, still think that was such a mistake. Like it, I, 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 I think that te- calling a game remake when that is an industry term meaning something specific yeah. that could be what Final Fantasy VII remake was, but it's not at all. So that just like it just it, it's created so much. It, it is it is weird some extra non issues. Yeah, like a it's some extra. It's thing. extra yeah. weird. Exactly, it's a marketing buzzword, and more importantly, remake means something that Final Fantasy VII remake is simply not. It is not yes. a remake. So to call yes. it Final Fantasy VII Remake is just, just it's like, still a remake. It is still a remake, but that's not what this is referring to. In the same way that you see on screen, Rebirth is not referring to Part Two being a rebirth of the world of Final Fantasy. Sure, it could be interpreted as that, but it's not that. It's definitely referring to something else. It's referring to a story thing specifically, oh, which is man. why the third one won't be called like Part Three or something like that. Like it's going to be called like like you were mentioning like Requiem or Return. All the names and titles are referring to like a, a, a coming back to life or born anew type of thing. And I mean, I hate to be spoiler to the first one. They're all referring to Sephiroth. Like yeah. all, all of these are referring to the intentions or what is happening to Sephiroth. Is he, I mean, he's... so well, the thing, the thing that, and, and again, should we put up a spoiler mostly... tag for this? I, so we just, I mean, don't... if you've seen this, like if people, I, uh, it's, it's tough. It's, gonna, it's a couple years old now. I'm gonna put it up yeah. just to just to be proactive just about case, it. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. But the thing, the thing, and and we've we've had this we've had this discussion so many times in my channel, as I'm sure you probably have too, Max. But yeah, the thing that's interesting about this is like 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 when you say like Final Fantasy remake, you would assume it's a remake of of Final Fantasy VII. Absolutely. But the thing is, is the more you play it, the more you think about it, the more, especially when you factor in these next two projects, it's not really a remake at all. It's actually a sequel that just uses yes. the same content of seven. It's not, yes. that's the thing. It's not a remake. 
it's a it's sequel. fucking they call it a remake. Is what it is. It is. It, oh, it absolutely is. It's a complete yeah. mind. I'm gonna. You know what? Fuck, I'm gonna say it. it's complete mind. Fuck. It is. It's a complete because yes. it, it like completely. It 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 gives you intentions that are inaccurate, and then it like it almost does it specifically so it can give you the finger at the end. Like you thought you knew what you were getting, but you <laughs> yeah. didn't. And it's and like people, and, and that and almost that, makes the whole a, thing that, better in some ways. I don't know. It it's a dangerous road because the purists are like, you're freaking mad, dude. You know there was a meeting when somebody was like, "You know what this is gonna do, right?" It's like it's like when, it's yeah. like that meeting when the good guys are discussing using the dark power, where it's like, "You know what's gonna happen when they yeah. see yeah. this game called that, remake." And, right? and, you know, here's that's when Namora is sitting at the end of the table in an all black suit and all dark, yeah! smoking a cigarette. And do it. Yeah. <laughs> they they have to know. They have to know that those ramifications are going to be severe, but if if that's the case, there has to be something that's worth it. There has to be there have to be setting up for something that is like worth it. In the same way that Crisis Core, essentially, um, and this is I'm gonna not try to not spoil this as much as possible. Crisis Core is a huge entire game spoiler of a giant Act Three revelation in the original Final Fantasy VII. The whole game is a huge spoiler of that of a very big moment so the fact that they're they're releasing crisis core uh, intending that people that like ff7 remake should play crisis core you should know the story of zach yeah that is that is a huge act three spoiler that people are going to be aware of going into part two of the remake so whatever they got going is worth sacrificing that big plot point right Whatever they got going forward will actually like subvert an expectation in a way that makes that even worth it. Which switches it from a plot point to a foundational element that is going to be something that they're going to yes. probably build off or you more importantly use as connective material. So like exactly. the, the interesting thing is it's it's almost and, and again we were talking about this a little bit before the show, it's almost like it they're staging reunion to be to have rebirth be the sequel to that as well. So it's it, it could actually be that perhaps remake and crisis core are kind of going in parallel and they both kind of end up at the same place before rebirth. So all yeah. of a sudden we have like two games that are feeding into the foundational information of this brand new, but also comfy because it has a lot of the stuff we know in it, yep. like weird smorgasbord. <laughs> there's a, there's a very good reason why it's got the same, the same uh, subtitle uh subtitle methodology the re something re remake rebirth reunion because it is now a part of this right it is now like it isn't like dirge of cerberus which is its own separate thing or advent children which is its own separate thing of the compilation of final fantasy 7 no now final fantasy 7 crisis core reunion now joins final fantasy 7 remake as a full storytelling element so well, there is it going to be a remake remaster of Crisis Core? Yeah, we can. We're literally seeing it on screen right now. It's Crisis Core, but it looks way better, right? Yeah. Everything is everything is seemingly better than the original Crisis Core. Hopefully, gameplay stuff will be better because that's what needs the most work, and and that that'll be fun, right? It'll be fun to revisit this stuff and understand a bit more what happened. But it's like they're assuming that you're going to know this. They're they're putting out this game knowing that going into the next game, you're going to have this information. And as Ko is saying, yeah, I think it's going to tie right in. I think it's, it's like, almost like homework. <laughs> yes, like, it is. It is. It, it, what it is, it's, it's homework, there to wet yeah. your whistle while you got to wait for the next game. True. Yeah. yeah. And by the time it's it's that little uh, 
that little bump to not only carry you there, but also probably start threading in again, that super important foundational stuff. That's just going to mean so much more by the time we get to rebirth. So I got to admit, yeah. I'm like, I'm already thinking of all the crazy ways they're going to change the end of this remake style or if they aren't at all. And it's going to be like one scene at the end that all of a sudden joins them. Like it's, are we going to get an entire remake style rejiggering of the end to where it fits I mean, into the puzzle or is it going to be like so they tell the oh, middle of the Lord. game and then at the end they they do the same thing again. are we going to see the same weird anomalies that we saw throughout remake in crisis yeah. core so it's going to be True. like a little so all you know like are we going to see all the the the, the, the forum trolls whatever you wanted to call them at the end yeah. that are like trying yeah. to keep the game canon and nomura's sitting and I, there I, with his, I would say his chair that... and whip like a lion no you're going my direction <laughs> like <laughs> it it would be really disappointing because everything i mean this is a spoiler mode and we're in spoiler alert right so yeah. in, in a big spoiler fashion the entirety of crisis core is designed storytelling wise and it, it's not great for most of the game unfortunately like half of half of crisis core is pretty brutal um, but it does have a great main character that eventually bites the dust and they build up the entire game for that right the whole game is designed to build up the fact that this character is not going to make it and how how fucking sad that is again, so spoilers it's an heiress situation again like, spoilers like, right yeah, yeah, yeah by building up by how sad that is that that has to happen you know this 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 is also just still going to be crisis court through and through but what happens after that like is still what we're we don't know is going on with with remake anymore so i think there's going to be even more stuff and we even saw at the end of the yuffie dlc we're really confused what's going on now um, so how it, is this character still alive? I was gonna say, do you okay? Real, real talk here, Max. Are they gonna kill Zach in reunion? I don't think so. I, I think he's alive too. somehow, somewhere. Yep. Um, I'm in that boat too. Time, time jannies and stuff like that. I, I, I think personally, there's two timelines. Um, time, time jannies blowing up and you killing fate essentially screwed up everything and in one reality he lived somehow uh but it's it's my it's my personal hope that they treat him like a laguna situation in final fantasy 8 and for anyone that doesn't remember that uh there's there's you play as another character in final fantasy 8 every once in a while when your character falls asleep yeah and the main character of FF8 isn't that interesting, but this other dude, when you fall asleep and wake up as him, is kind of interesting. And he's going on his own adventure and stuff like that. You're like two paralleling adventures. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that you're not going to... Um, I think that you're not going to play as Cloud like the whole time, but you're going to separate that adventure a little bit as Zach doing a similar thing. I think like the goal will be getting... like They'll, they'll have similar goals on their adventures, but they'll just be carrying them out in completely different ways. So you can still tell the original Final Fantasy VII and then also get little sneak peeks at what the hell is Zack still alive somewhere doing something? What's going on there? Because there's already a very big... At the end of the Yuffie DLC, there's already a very big hint that Aerith is dead. And, and Zach, where, wherever Zack is alive, Aerith might be dead. So... Which could be know. our original timeline, where Zack died yeah. and Aerith died. So it, it's kind Something of interesting like because one, one of the things um, I was thinking about that would be, so we don't, we have, of course, the antagonist. We have Sephiroth. We have him doing everything in his power to adjust the timeline. What we don't really have is an overt protagonist. Of course, we have Cloud and everything, which is the obvious choice for the person fighting against Sephiroth. But what if there's someone behind the scenes on the level of Sephiroth that's trying to battle Sephiroth 
with the timey-wimey stuff that Sephiroth is using? And what if they're doing that by trying to bring, alter the timeline for the positive for Cloud to be able to actually conquer Sephiroth? So while Sephiroth is behind the scenes, like trying to do all this timey-wimey stuff for him, what if there's a yet unknown protagonist it's like trying to keep Zack alive to help Cloud and maybe doing something with Aerith to keep her going so that they can actually like counteract what Sephiroth is doing. And I think that's like, I think, I think our antagonist behind the scenes is Genova. Like it, it, overall, like the, the big bad guy is Genova, right? And it, I think it's also Sephiroth at this point because Sephiroth is like one with Genova. Um, here, here's my like Genova's will. huge prediction as far as where we're going and how this stuff is going to work out. You're, you're going to play as Cloud on his adventure throughout like a lot of the game right and and you're essentially going to ver mimic a very similar experience of the original final fantasy 7 of going to the northern crater or something like that maybe in part two i think it'll actually go that far by the way i think it'll i think it'll go all the way to the northern crater i think it'll be big that's um, a big game but then that's zach the case, yeah. yeah and then zach because this from development wise makes a lot of sense we're going going on a very similar adventure in a different way with a different party you know where he might not have the exact same people but Cloud might be working with him, right? The Cloud could be like obviously still friends with Zach and a mercenary for hire, just like he is. But Zach is the party leader, you know, in that timeline. And the Cloud's a completely different character at that point too, because Cloud doesn't think he's friggin' Zach. So they're going on their own adventure. Um, so it's my it's my prediction that you have these two timelines that are sort of like, you know, Back to the Future twoing it, where you're where you're, they're going towards very similar results. Um, but at some points. There's no more time jannies to keep anything like uh, there's no more time jannies to keep things like in check there's no fate things things are going to cross over where it's like some some characters are just going to get hints that you know, zach's alive somewhere else like he he made it it's just that you can't like contact them and i think there's going to be you know moments that you're just going to get little hints Bridges. of that throughout the rest of the game like that'll cross over in some ways hmm. we'll see like it man I like it. I also, I, we haven't really talked about it yet, but I really liked your idea about the actual mechanics and the layout of Rebirth and the third one. Yeah. That, I actually, I, ever since I heard that, it made me kind of to the point where I will be angry if it doesn't do that because of how cool that sounds. Yeah. Well, uh, what I, think, mean, I don't know if JP has heard that. If you want to go over that a little bit. Yeah. What was that? Like the, the, open the, world the, the, aspect? The, the, or? Yeah. Open world aspect so, of the kaiju battles. But he'll so, yeah. My, 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 my big prediction <laughs> gameplay wise, right? Uh huh. Uh, Gameplay-wise, part two, especially in combat, is that you'll get every character, right? You'll have, like, an active switch system yeah. that uses the PHS, which is from the original game, where in any, uh, depending on your ATB or something, you'll be able to swap out to other characters. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. And you'll also be able to do team attacks with other characters like you could in the Yuffie DLC, which sounds great. You just get access to any character at any point instead of just three. Yeah, why not? Um, but part two is kind of like a wide, linear, sort of very large zone adventure, not maybe, like, open world, not, like, you have to drive a car everywhere when the, everything's empty ff15 yeah yeah don't have to do that you just have like oh yeah it's a progression it's a progression game through the world where you're sort of limited by uh geographical things until you get a vehicle and it gets you around those geographical things and you make progress just like the original ff7 you know um and then part two i think is going to go all the way to the northern crater um and then part three begins with meteors being called right you're sort of like you begin the game with clouds missing presumed dead and you are at, at the attack on junion harbor and it's the first weapon right the kaijus and that part two essentially starts off with you getting an airship and now you have a completely new gameplay mechanic method of traversal an airship full world adventure 
we have to go take out these kaijus. I mean, part is there. Is this part three or part everything. two? This is, I think this is part three. Part, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Part two. This is part three. Gotcha. And what else does part three do? Well, obviously, like, there's a lot of really cool things in the original FF7 that you do as a player that you don't have to make side quests anymore, which is all the Materia Caves, which is Knights of the Round, right? Sure. And summoning this crazy power that the Cetra had to protect themselves from, you know, space, uh, space laser alien chicks that want to ruin the planet right so make that part of the story make knights of the round part of the story make like the story in part three about we have to go scour the world for this ancient materia and power to take out these kaijus and that'll in turn help us take out sephiroth which we eventually have to do after the kaijus are gone yeah wait so that's when part three becomes a globe-trotting adventure to take out these huge monsters and to also build enough materia and power and, and get the power of the cetra to go take out sephiroth my memory is hazy because it's Cool. I'm not going to say how long it's been years wise, but it's been a while. Didn't it? Wasn't Knights of the Round? You had to breed a white chocobo, or was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You had to breed, you had to breed a gold chocobo. <laughs> gold chocobo. That's what it was. To, to travel to a certain part certain of the planet island. that only a yeah. chicken could get to. Yes. <laughs> and dude, keep that part of the story. Hell yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's myths that the Cetra could only access this place with a mythical golden chicken. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Why let's not? go. Or like, make it. that part of the story. Sure. Let's keep it weird. Keep it weird. Uh, do it. <laughs> let me ask you this. How, how far are you willing to go, Max, to get the story? Like, are you going to play, if we're five years from now, two's been out, okay? And now Square's like, guys, mobile games, they're really big. If you have to play through like two mobile games to get the full story for Final Fantasy VII, whatever they're calling this thing, are you doing it, or yeah. is are you gonna is this a YouTube video rewatch? Like, how far do you go? Oh, you mean in like in like replaying the older ones, or just no, 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 just like the new they, mobile games. If if they just put new mobile games out there, they announce a new mobile game that's like crucial to the story, a la Kingdom Hearts. Like, are you going that of path? One of them is a new VR, and the second is a gotcha game. <laughs> sure. Yeah, they could, you know, we could go the distance with it if you want to. You're not that far crazy. off, Co, because <laughs> the other the other Final Fantasy VII remake mobile games, which are essentially just remaking FF7 and Crisis Core in a completely different game than this, yeah. are gotcha games. Yeah. And there are, they are, they are mobile games where the gotcha part is costumes and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's already happening. And one was already a BR game. Yeah, I remember so the, I the VR game. I, yeah. I was actually lurking your stream when you did the sponsored look at the VR game. And I, I, I it was, it was, uh, that was an interesting stream to say the least. Um, it's an interesting game to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there story yeah. stuff in that VR game or is it just a VR? No, okay. well, that, there is so. technically, no. but mm, sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you can it's take it or leave it. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't say lore, I'd say world building. Like it gives you yes. peeks at different parts of the world and how they would function slash do function, but they only function that way for the context of making the game work. So it's kind of like, uh, Got <laughs> you it. know, it's yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Max, you'll go the distance then you'll play the, the mobile stuff. I definitely would. You're the super fan, Aces right? Phone. You're, you're the target uh, audience for this, right? Pretty so. much like the cool thing about they're called, it's called final fantasy ever crisis. Okay. And, it, it is essentially a one-to-one -one remake of the OG FF7, static camera and all. But the battle system is still a turn-based battle system, but it visually looks like remake. Mm. So it looks like a relatively high-budget mobile game. And it's like, damn, this seems pretty cool. Like, that's what a lot of people were asking for. A lot of people just wanted OG FF7, but looks better. 
Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what that is, is what you're seeing right now. Yeah. Characters are chibi in style, but they look better. It's just a remake of one to one remake of the old game, a one to one remake of Crisis Core but with a turn based battle system. I'm like, this seems really, I actually hope this comes to consoles eventually. It seems really cool. But, you know, I, I, it, it, it seems like more stuff that's just going to come out in between now and Rebirth that'll be there to like, Wet your whistle on the way to the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does this have a, this. like all these pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff? This is neat. Does this have a release date tied to it? Does Ever Crisis have a a launch period date? Anything? No. Like that? Okay. I, I think I think there's a beta for it this year. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I I I had only seen this trailer once during the like actual reveal stream that they did. I've not watched it a second time, but. You're right. Yeah. It looks it looks fine, right? Like it looks. You can see clouds wearing different different gear here. Yeah. So is Aerith. Like characters have different costumes. That'll most likely be part of the gotcha element of the game. Oh, okay. But yeah, like like similar to OG FF7, you got these chibi looking weird characters in the world map, and then you go to battle, and they're like normal proportion, like remake looking characters. It's the same way the OG FF7 was. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll definitely have to bring you back on, uh, I guess, as some of this stuff comes out. Uh, is the ever, <laughs> the the continuing of Final Fantasy VII, what what do they call, are we calling it the the remaking of the, okay, like what remaking. are we, we gotta, but, we gotta think here, of like a core name for whatever remaking? all of this is. There needs to, Square okay, so hasn't got, provided it. Remake, Rebirth, Uncommon, or Unnamed Reproject and Reunion. So what, what is the name of this entire of the universe thing. like what are, yeah it's 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 the it final fantasy 7 reimagining uh re it has an official gotta be name something right oh it does it, it it does have a name and it, it it's actually back from the mid 2000s when advent children came out it's called the compilation of final fantasy 7 got it okay. and here's here's the weird Doesn't part that, that the devs the literally they they literally said this that final fantasy 7 remake when they when they planned this was actually these games were actually planned back in the mid 2000s but square was in a rough spot and they couldn't do it on the playstation 2 mm. so really? these games were already part of the compilation of final fantasy 7 which is why they're reintroducing crisis core which is why there's already characters from the compilation that are in remake like it, it is a continuing of their compilation of final fantasy 7 they just were able to do it now so the so the compilation involves the original, right? So like it's all uh, yeah. Well, it involves the original. It involves uh, Dirge of Cerberus, Advent Crisis Children. Core, Advent yeah. Children, and a little yeah. game called uh, Jesus. What was the mobile game called? Chat's gonna know what the hell we're talk, talking about. It was Sub Zero Anthologies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, it, it was. It was a mobile game at the, before, before crisis. crisis. It was a mobile yeah. game in the mid two thousands about Turks and what the Turks do. And it, it, it revealed Four a lot crisis? of story about what Avalanche yeah. is. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Oh, huh. Interesting. I missed is, that one completely. Is that is it is that gonna get remade? <laughs> See It was literally crisis? at the beginning. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It was yeah. literally at the beginning of that ten minute presentation. They start off with before crisis. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at, dude? Oh, it it's will a be an ever game crisis. Two thousand six. Okay. I got to admit, I really liked uh, a few people in chat said this. I it it does seem like the new like remake, rebirth, reunion. See, it feels like they need a bit of their own subsection. Like like yes. they're just so different. And somebody in chat said reverse, and I the think reverse. that like like That's universe, but re, like reverse, like the reverse. Resident collection. Evil just did that. 
Yeah, I think oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay, that's like, oh, that is true, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Balls, Capcom. Yeah, Capcom kind of took that. Okay. Well, resell. Oh, that's a good one. Namora's really good with <laughs> names, so I'm sure I'll put one out there if the compilation oh, of yeah. Fantasy Seven uh, isn't wordy enough. He'll he'll make something. He'll make magic. Yeah, Namora. Namora's like off the project. He's is working he? on Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, well, he, I mean, it was it was always presumed that he didn't have a lot of involvement in part one. Um, that this one dude, which is from uh, Final Fantasy, geez, what is it called? Not Origins, not uh, Mobius. There was a guy. There was a guy that was lead director for a game that? called Final Fantasy Mobius. That was a uh, a lead director. That was the co-director of of remake part one, and now is the main director of part two. And Nomura has sort of been moved to this like. I'm just like a creative overseer yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. It was it No, was, not was, Morbius chat. Calm down. There was no Mo- R. Mobius. Mobius. Mobius is what it's called. Yeah. It was Mobin time. Morbin time. Mobin time. Anyway, he he's now like the lead dude uh that is running remake part two. And considering that there was already like ninety five percent of remake part one felt not really no Murian until like five percent <laughs> shows up no it was really assumed, like, no this doesn't really feel like a no murian game it doesn't it really doesn't feel no murian until like some spots rear that. their heads you're God like damn, damn no murian shit is kicking in <laughs> i hate that so, so i don't know god damn it um, you've willed that into existence now max and that's it's no murian <laughs> that's what it is no i like it yeah yeah Jesus. All right. Well, that's that's our uh, very brief uh, thirty minutes on on Final Fantasy and and the FGC recap. Uh, let's take a break. My dog, I think, needs to go out or something, and they started to bite my feet. So I'm going to take a break and save my feet, uh, and we'll come back and probably spend about an hour, hour and fifteen on uh, everything else. We've got a little bit of news. There's some Twitch news as well. They announced some new product uh, this past week. We'll talk about that. Talk about uh, site wide moderating list moderation list that was one of the things they announced that should be fun conversation uh so we'll do all that when we come back with more drop frames right after this we'll see you guys in about five or six minutes bye welcome back everyone to drop frames going into the second half of the show here we're going to talk a little bit of news twitch made some news this past week and a weird they they debuted this uh this new thing called uh what are they calling this guest star which is something we'll get to but one of the things to come from this announcement was this idea that they're going to be launching a shared ban functionality uh zach Busey was reporting this uh on twitter they didn't necessarily go into the full um you know discussion about this on on the twitch proper announcement but I'm curious for you guys, Co. we've kind of talked about this in the past on the show, uh, and I know a handful of streamers um, at large have kind of already maybe made some third-party uh, shared band tools out there. Um, but I'm curious, like, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, how, how do you feel about the idea of a, a global, uh, eventual global ban list that streamers can opt into to just remove problematic users from one community from your community as well that you know with just a click of a button is, is that good for the site is that bad for the site how do you guys feel about it here's here's what i would say i would say uh blanket bands that are instantly enacted are are kind of like this global form of mini cancellation mm. i don't think that necessarily that that's 
the best course of action in this case. What I do think is the best course of action is information. And I think the more information we're given, I think the better. So what sure. I would like, for instance, is if there was a, if I could add, um, if I could add streamers to my list that I trust. So I would be like, AP, Maximilian, no, no, dude, I, I ban Ezekiel. too many people. You don't want my list. <laughs> That's true. No, your your bands are frivolous and excessive. But let's say Maximilian, dude, and Zeke. Let's use two good examples. Um, <laughs> like what would be great is if I had somebody show up in my channel, and they have their normal icons, and then there's a third icon, and that third icon would say, you know, it shows a person with a line through it, and it says "banned in friendly channel." Mm. If I could then mouse over that icon. And it would show me the last three things that person said that led up to the ban in that person's channel. That would be awesome. That would be good information for me to have. Sure. If I mouse over somebody's thing and the last three things they said was um, N-word, 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 I hate gay people. Then it's kind of like, I don't really care what you say in my channel. Like, I don't that's want. the easiest one I ever. Yeah. I know, exactly, exactly. Like, I, it doesn't matter if you're saying friendly things here. That's something I don't want to see in my channel ever. I'm not going to risk that. You're banned. Um, at the same time, if I mouse over someone banned in JP's channel and the last thing they said in JP's channel before getting banned is JP, your ears look funny. Then mm -hmm. I would be like, ah, you know, he does have kind of funny ears. You know, maybe he can chill here a little bit. Um, you know, so, you know, it, 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 it's more information. I wouldn't necessarily just want, and also, you know, mistakes happen. Like what if you mouse over someone's name who's banned in your cha in JP's channel? And the last thing he said was like, hey, what's up? How's your day going? It's kind of like- That's uh, too far. You know, like- Get that guy out of here. Well, to be fair, that's too far. But, yeah. it, you know, it, it may be the kind of thing where maybe it was a mistake and he doesn't deserve to be removed from my channel. Or, you know, even in that case, maybe you could like flag it for the other person. Hey, did you mean to ban this guy? You know, and maybe a little question mark comes up in your channel when you see him next time. Well, or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it goes into the end ban system in Twitch. Lots of things could happen. Yeah. TLDR, I think- the more information available to us, the better. And knowing that there's systems like this that are in production, I think could be a really good way to do it. I think a system like this could be done totally improperly and be, be taking an, a hatchet to a system where a scalpel should be used. So I hope that we aren't going to be heading that direction. Um, but more information is always better. Yeah, to be honest, what you just described uh, is far more exciting than just a straight up ban. Like if I yeah. get information on why they are banned from X X stream, that's that's better than just anything that they have said so far. <laughs> it's so so I hope that I hope that's where the system is going. Uh, if if anyone from Twitch is listening, definitely just oh. adopt that. And for the record, somebody says sorry, Twitch doesn't do that. Uh, for the record, we can pull up the full history of anyone on our channels right now. Yep. Like that's the, yeah. Twitch absolutely Any, saves anyone with all of that information on a channel. It's also a full mod system where you can see when a person in our channels got banned and what for and what the penalty was. Mods can even add notes to people. Yep. It would be so cool if you could view the mod notes that other people added. Like, hey, I know the Across last few channel, lines of this yeah. guy seem pretty innocuous, but he actually was super racist to this guy at a PM. So we removed him for that. Yeah. And, to, it, and it, then I it could it see that and be up. like, ooh. It pops up as when, even when some, somebody has never said anything in your chat and they just say something like relatively fine, where it's just like they're just talking about the game. Uh, there will be a big highlight around your name that says suspicious user. Yeah. yeah. And it will it'll warn you that they have said some weird shit potentially in other channels. Yeah, that happened. I, I had a, uh, you know, Co was talking about more information. We had a, 
I had a longtime sub of my channel and I was in a friend's channel and it was marked as suspicious user. And I was like, what, like, what the fuck? Why? What happened? Uh, and because I had moderation status in that channel, I could actually like go in and see that. If that is all brought over and is all connected uh, behind the scenes, I think that's like the best course of action. I don't necessarily yeah. think like a global ban list or a shared ban list where it's just, you know, if you're banned in X channel, you're banned in this channel as well. I don't think that's the best course of action. Uh, and again, it's too dire. streamers, streamers make a lot of mistakes. So the idea that's, yeah. that, a, that a mod could accidentally ban somebody and then that person's removed from an entire group of friends that they could have spent years hanging out in those channels. Like that's just, that's a, that's a terrible precedent. That's not good. I, I will good. say, I will say I, 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 the one of like the outside of like the obvious reasons, what is like the easiest ban ever of people just saying like the worst type of stuff. Yeah. To me, like the easiest ban ever is you, you, you see somebody say some really like whack thing. It maybe doesn't cross the line completely, but it's really close to crossing the line. And then you look at their history and you see like under 10 messages. That is the easiest, <laughs> easiest ban in the world for me. I'm sorry, guys. Like that's the one where it's just like, I'm just not going to give you an opportunity to say anything else. Like that's just it. Like I'm not going to give you the chance to chime in with any weird hot take or something that is insanely polarizing or something i just don't feel like you belong here Boop. <laughs> like yep. see you yep. later on that same vote on that same vein it's always interesting and i and i sometimes will just sit there and read the whole log to chat it's sometimes <laughs> interesting if you <laughs> catch somebody there. saying one of those things one of those weird just not quite like this could be taken yeah, like, wrong or not what? And then you look at their history and as you as you roll up it your eyes just get wider and wider <laughs> at like the weird shit they've been saying over the last three Slowly weeks we are scrolling over and the exactly cross and then and then you just stop your game and you're like all right so and so let's start at the top <laughs> let's let's yeah. figure this out together and you just start reading down the chat log it's just i like, think it's ah, like i think and i think like there, there's no. it's crazy how much of twitch there's like a band culture where hmm. so many like channels i swear it's like part of their identity of how many people you ban or something like that sure I, I i'm not even gonna lie like i think i i might ban on average uh if i'm paying attention actively to the chat like myself like even outside of what moderators do outside of normal rule sets uh, i'll probably like fry 10 people maybe on a stream on on average with like a 10,000 viewer uh a 10,000 viewer stream yeah. but i don't say anything they're just gone so I don't make it a point where it's like a big deal of like, what happened to that guy? What's going on? All this stuff. Like, I don't make it a big deal. It's just like, you know what? I don't, I don't ever want to see what this person has to say again, based on what they said before. And I'm just, I'm just, a, you, you are, you are not sitting in a public space. You're sitting in my chat room. Right? Yeah, you're, yeah, it's yeah. like, you've entered my house and you've chosen to say that peace, dude. So I, I have a pretty strict stance in that way. It's just that I don't, I don't create like a thing out you of it. You don't create content right? out of it. Right. I don't know. I, I prefer not to create content out of it. I prefer to keep like, let's just keep the community as it is. And people are allowed to have differing opinions. But when you're attacking people and shit, or you're attacking like somebody about my opinion mm -hmm. or something like that, or the biggest one is when somebody says that I think something about something and you're trying to tell other people what I feel about something and it's completely fabricated. <laughs> I'm just getting rid of you. Sorry. <laughs> sure. if, if, yeah, if you're, that's... if you're giving my opinion about something and it's completely inaccurate and you somehow know my thoughts on something, I'm like, buddy, what are you talking about? Sure. So those are the easiest. Just like, I'm just never, I, I, I don't even think about it. They're just gone and they're not coming back. Yeah. I, I have to say that that's interesting. I do a whole lot of that, but I will frequently do the exact opposite of 
what you're saying. Where if I see somebody doing something in chat that I just do not want to see in chat, I will straight say, hey, name, here's what you just said. And I don't yeah. want to see that in my chat like room. Example, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You just kind of be like, look, everybody, like this, this is, you know, this is my chat room. No offense. I'm going to run exactly how I want it to. So sure. Sorry, going to make and a small example of you here. <laughs> like this is how we're going to do it. And that's completely good on you. Yeah, the, the, example, the example mindset, that's completely fine because that will work for a lot of people. I have found that in, in my situations, as we have like different chats, but a very similar sort of mentality of how we approach things, mm-hmm. I have found that the, the more fuel you give people about what burns you, the more it will be used against you. Sure. So if you, if you call out these things, people will essentially totally use that in the future. And you'll, it's almost like in my situation acts as like provocation or future interactions to be like that. Yeah. So you it's like, like people are like testing the waters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now they know what like burns you and they'll use it on Twitter or something like that. And it's like, that's so now probably, I, that, that's when I get to the point where I don't even talk about it. Yeah. That's probably why my daily bands average between three and 700. That makes a lot of sense. It <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh man uh i i it's it's really interesting because i i do agree we go about it in different ways but in the same way we kind of we accomplish the same goal same goal in yeah. different in different manners with yeah. the same yeah it's cool i yeah. like it max would you mm. would you adopt some sort of like uh shared ban list or would you rather just prefer the the more information route that the i think context is super important dude yeah like like it just because somebody like comes in is and is super contrarian to everyone's opinion and is causing like arguments like you know what i'm probably going to get rid of you mm. just because you're being insanely contrarian and nobody likes talking to you fire starters uh, man that isn't, that isn't a reason for them to be banned on other channels you know yeah. it's sure. just not yeah that doesn't the context is super important so I think if there's like certain keywords or things like that, things that are obviously racist, homophobic, fill, fill the entire gamut. I, yeah, I think if that stuff has been shared between other channels, I think in a bandless situation, like that's like something that needs immediately to be shared. And that, that type of information is very important because I, you know what? Yeah, if you're, if you're that kind of a person, I don't think anybody wants you around. I'm sorry. Right. I, I th- that's, and I think that's a good this, this site should work against you if you're, if you're that kind of person specifically. Yeah. They're, they're very easily could be like you it'd be interesting if you could like sort the different types of bands into different things and yeah. or maybe maybe highlight certain words like there oh, are so certain there's words like a tag where, for a band but like, yeah, yeah yeah like like so it, like there are certain words for instance that i really don't care what you have to say if you actively use that word I mean, that, regularly yeah, exactly i just you're just like that 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 is one of those things that could be, be on a permanent band list. yeah there exactly. was so they do have like a very basic tag this is uh this is the image that zach uh, tweeted out uh, so it says also uh, the fact that like this person's a vip but he's a serial harasser or they're a serial harasser that's a weird one <laughs> i saw that bottom one and i was like yeah what does that mean what There's... is a serial harasser like is that against yeah. the streamer or other people or like is that like what, what max was talking about earlier like the context is important like, yeah yeah is yeah. like that that can mean so many different things um <laughs> yeah also sorry there, there should be text there should absolutely be one that is like frequent morb user. <laughs> <laughs> I would see. I I wish Bad. you could do custom tags because mine would be like constantly spams, co emotes, and no other things, and then it would just you know we get them <laughs> yeah. out of there. Only co emotes. Only no, no co emotes. Yeah. Just emotes. There are people out there Sniped that do from that. six miles away. <laughs> oh, dude, I I know. Yeah, I I have the exact same people in my chat that do. Yeah, the same yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Like that's it's a thing. But it's like, always that's what I'm saying. Thing. Custom tags would actually be kind of a cool thing if there was some sense of 
of customization that they could do to this rather than just like what we're seeing in front of us. But yeah, I, I hope they go, uh, like you had, you had a great saying. I hope it's with a scalpel instead of a hatchet. I, I really hope that's where they go with this. Cause um, this is the kind of thing where if they do it properly and most important, like here, the key word with every single new Twitch feature is options. Yeah. All like any time they implement something, give us options. And, and I'm talking like all the options down to the toggle. Do you want this feature on or off? Like, like yes. always like the best Twitch can do is just give us options. And yeah. this is one of those systems where it's like so clearly important that, that they need to stick by that. Um, it could be such a powerful, possibly platform enriching system if they do this right and they give us the tools to do it properly. Um, we're in the same vein. It could be the kind of thing where it's like, nobody Abuse. uses it because it doesn't have what we need to actually utilize it properly yeah, yeah. either unused or abused by by certain people yeah. in some ways you know well I, absolutely i think there there might be a world that exists where like if this comes out and it doesn't have the level of customization or the level of uh options that we want that a third party could potentially step in and make all that stuff we would love for Twitch to be, you know, the one and only, so you don't have to install another fucking extension. But it could totally be a third-party situation that, like, really well, makes it it work. That's true, man. But I mean, for every every time you have to, I mean, already with FFC and BTTV, every time Twitch changes something, they totally, you know, they it's have a, to get updated. They have to work properly. They have to get refitted. So it's like the more the more non-Twitch ecosphere kind of things that just the more issues that can arise and totally true. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. I really wish Twitch would just buy all these third-party things out and integrate them properly, and then it would be like everyone wins. And, I think you know, this, I I had that's always, a that's a real blanket statement, of course. Right. I I had always heard the reason that they can is because the people that run the third-party things make too much money, and Twitch can't like Maybe. match whatever they you know whatever they're making from the the BTTV or or um, whatever the the extension is for those monthly subscriptions that. I think honestly, a ton of streamers now use and a ton of viewers now use. Like it's just too much money. Yeah. Um, Could be. So, yeah. Texas Rebel says, "Does this mean that all the majority of XQC and Hassan chat will be banned from the rest of?" Well, that's the thing. Context, man. Like pro probably not because what do they do? They mostly just spam emotes and stuff in those channels. So <laughs> yeah. you see one of the you just click on their history, see what it is, and then make your own decision. But it's yeah. like, yeah, that's that's a great example of why you wouldn't want some kind of global on-off style ban list where names go on and get instantly banned all over the place. Yeah, well, and especially someone with the the size of stream like an XQC. I mean, averages fifty to eighty thousand viewers. Viewers, that's like a massive percent of the Twitch ecosystem, right there. Right, like that. I, who knows what the actual percentage of those stream those viewers go and view the rest of the site? That's there's probably twenty watching just now in my small channel, right? And there's probably 200, 2,000 maybe in y'all's channels. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we get some more information on that and, and they, they talk about it. Um, the other thing that this kind of uh, was co-announced with was this guest star thing, uh, which I don't, I think for our interest, I, I don't want to speak for the two of you, but not that much conversation here. Uh, guest star for those that had not uh, heard of this, is essentially if you know what Twitter Spaces is or uh, anything like that, it is basically a way for a drop frame show to happen with a click of a button, 
right? Like you can just invite someone immediately to a conversation. It pulls in their video or it pulls them into a waiting room, a green room, and then you can pull them in from that green room and like create a live show. Um, they didn't talk anything that I saw. Well, it, it says in this uh, Washington Post thing, uh, streamers were able to plug the feature into programs. They already use like open broadcaster uh, software and the windows it creates can be integrated with custom overlays and branding. So I guess they do have some sense of, of creating something like this with uh, this guest star program. Um, but essentially they kind of put this out and, and say like, this is for the people that sit in the just chatting category that when something happens uh, and they want to pull in another streamer, instead of just calling that person on, on discord, for example, and then opening up their stream on your stream and then having that be the conduit. Now it's this guest star uh, situation, uh, this feature uh, specifically built for just chatting in mind is what they're saying. They also made a point to say it's the single most popular category on the platform, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I don't, for us, I don't necessarily think I would ever utilize this unless it's actually quite better, uh, when it comes to latency and, and whatnot and, and qual call quality and all that stuff. But I think we'll probably just stick with what we have. It does option. It does make it easy though for people and give the the option to just make something very quickly, which I think is cool. Um, when it comes to just having a discussion, right? So, uh, I'll try to find some more footage of it. Uh, Co Max, any any thoughts on Guest Star, the uh, the new official feature built with just chatting in mind? Is this something you guys would utilize? It, uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe. It, it just seems like a. A, a natural evolution of the uh what's the thing called the where, where you essentially able to pull people in where you're all watching the same thing at the same time the watch party? uh not the watch party the other one like the you just have a everybody squads? stream squad stream yeah it feel it feels like a, a different like extension of what squad stream essentially is and i still don't use squad stream very much because you don't share you actually don't share the viewers you know right it still acts as like a one-to-one so I think I think that's a big part of it, right? Why why squad stream isn't used as much is because of that. Mm -hmm. And will this be doing the same thing? You know, how how does the viewers essentially get distributed? Is it the person that essentially is hosting the the uh, the, the new joint? Like I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if they talked about like if the viewership is combined from all the chats or all the streams into like the guest star. I also don't know that if yeah. you use the guest star feature and they might have announced it and so they to be honest twitch make a fucking blog post for this i don't want to watch 30 twitter videos in a thread where you announce this feature yeah essentially what happened with squad streaming when even when i would do it with my my friends that that stream with me um it would be better just to get everyone over discord and technically onto one channel because by the yeah. time you'd fire up a squad stream with other smaller channels, like a lot of them flocked to the biggest channel. A lot of the viewers flocked to the biggest channel in general. Right. And they just watched that one. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it, that, and that's why I, I feels like a lot of squad streaming doesn't really work out because of that split. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And how interesting would it be if when you did a squad stream, it combined all the channels into a single stream you could still go to all the different chats but metrics wise it just showed up as a block with everyone having the same amount of viewers and then you could that's, see yeah, how many weird. people are in each chat yep. you could go yeah. in and do that like, that would help discover so much of the other people that aren't that big stream yeah 
But then you get all the monetization issues where it's like, where are the ads hosted? Well, oh, I'm you know? not talking about like on the back end, everything would stay the same. But it's like, yeah, you are to the people that are going through follow things, like instead of just having the one stream at the top of the sure. games directory, for instance, it would be like the one big stream and then right under it, the three people in the squad stream with them, like all there at the top since they're all doing it together, you know? Yeah, but I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I would. Of course, you would not want to merge all the chats. You could then see how many people are in each chat room and go where you want to. But be it'd be great for discoverability. At least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's there, there's a lot of inherent issues I think with that. But I agree that it might be a situation where like the benefits of discoverability, which is quite possibly the biggest issue Twitch has as a as a platform, might outweigh everything that is wrong with that or that is uh, proven as a problem. So. I, I will say it feels like Twitch of most of the big media platforms that are out there tries their hardest to do this discoverability thing when it's just a natural issue with the internet in general. You know, this isn't this isn't a thing that is like there's a solution where like one website has a solution for everything. Like, yeah, if anything, YouTube has the exact same problem where people you can essentially use the system to abuse discoverability in some ways and just hope it catches on. But this isn't really like just a YouTube or Twitch issue, you know, this no. is a when there's so much things available, just getting access to, you know, so you to be something that's unique out of all of it is pretty friggin hard. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing in real life as well. When a lot of people want your job and you have to make yourself important or unique in some way and still get seen like it's this is uh, this almost feels like it's something that they always are striving to to fix. They're always trying to get people to be discoverable in some way. And there's no actual solution. It's just that you have to put a bunch of tools in place and hope it works out, but you'll never alleviate the problem that there's just going to be a huge amount of your user base that is not going to be able to just be seen. Sure. I, I think it also runs into the issue that, you know, when you're watching a Twitch stream, a lot of people equate it to like channel surfing, but I think because there's no like ad break, right? There's no time. Well, there are ads that run, but there's no like televised ad break on most channels. And so a lot of people just go to a channel and then the only time they leave it is when it goes offline, right? So the, the discoverability is already lowered immensely because people go to a place that they've been before and they just kind of sit there on Twitch. Uh, it, it, that causes a lot of that issues. And I think once that ends, that's where discoverability does occur. And maybe that's where Twitch, uh, you know, could do better. Um, but they also, you know, me and Co have been on this like TikTok craze the past couple of weeks and, and talking about their algorithm over there. It's insane. Their algorithm is like one of the craziest on the internet in terms of just find people finding your content. I made a TikTok video. Yeah. I posted two two TikToks on the first day, and the second day I posted one TikTok. And within the first week, the the third video I posted, the one on the second day, had over three hundred thousand views. Yeah, it's I have I this have is one, on this is on an unverified yep brand new account. Yeah, I like, I, I posted a random. How good clip was and the TikTok though? Rate rate your it, own content. How good was it? Which TikTok it was pretty was it? good? It was pretty good, and it featured <laughs> yeah. my three year old Kai. So I mean, oh, it was, it was not it was wholesome. not bad. It, it was, was not bad. Content. It was pretty wholesome. Oh, wholesome well, does was, well you were, on that platform. You were you were so, you were using. There, there was there was definitely an element to it that was that was like approachable and viewable in a way that was like alluring outside of it to just being like stream stuff yes however however okay. later in that like the beginning of the next week i posted a top tips for v rising hundred thousand views on that one 
Um, and I've been doing like, I just have a team that takes my normal content on Twitch and just puts like a random TikTok up every single day. And the average is like 30,000 views. And that is significantly more yeah. than my YouTube, for instance, with 300,000 subscribers on it than for daily I, videos. Like, it's I, crazy. I, have you messed around I'm with genuinely TikTok curious I have a dad, there's one dad joke. It's a literally a one line dad joke, 383,000 views. Yeah. You gotta keep in mind though, it's 15, it's what, it's what, like 15 to 60 second content, right, Co? Yes. So it's, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, so it's very it's digestible, yeah. Well, and the biggest thing about TikTok, which is very, and, and actually funny enough, Twitch is starting to do something like this with a channel selector, which I think is a great idea for discoverability. Yeah. The thing about TikTok is, is TikTok is like flipping through a TV. Where in YouTube, you watch something and then you get to the end and it's like discover, you know, like check out this other video or go from here. Like with TikTok, the way that that works is you literally just get fed in this thing called the For You page. Like here's a TikTok. And then if you don't want to watch it, you hit the back button on your phone, goes to the next one. Here's another one. Don't like that. Next one. And the algorithm is constantly, constantly working. So it goes through content so much quicker than other platforms. Yeah. So and it means that if you do almost... have a good one, it goes like fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost like the the approachability and accessibility and the the less time spent on it right allows that to happen like the the platform naturally encourages that because there is no monetization there's just no way for you to make like i don't know how people that are people that are professional on tiktok make money through sponsorships Sponsors. almost exclusively right well, yeah well correct the way that it works is you get ten thousand followers on tiktok you can become a partner and then there are returns you do get money per views but it is astronomically lower yeah. than than other platforms so I think it's I think it's yeah. like a few cents per ten thousand. It's so very it's like even the, even the TikTok. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Even the TikTokers like there was one there was one TikTok guy that made a, a breakdown where he had like a multi million dollar hit and then a bunch of, of a decent follow ups and on his biggest month he made like six hundred bucks. And that was the one that had the millions of views. Yeah. So it's it's by no means the kind of just like you said like if if you can you can kind of get your foot in the door with it but you definitely want to be using TikTok to channel people to other things you're doing sponsors a youtube yeah. or twitch or something like that yeah that's the whole reason i'm doing it that's the reason that most streamers have been doing it lately. yeah yeah and it, and it works right like i i know of a handful of streamers on twitch that for the longest time years really never saw any growth they never got any you know any new users to their their stream anything like that they started up TikTok. They started posting clips, and after about like two or three months, they've generated enough of an audience over there, gotten them to come over to their Twitch stream, and you know, skyrocketed across the board in, in all aspects of, of uh, the analytics on the channel. So it definitely works, um, which which is cool, right? That that people are doing other platforms are serving as the discoverability tool for Twitch um, that creators are utilizing for that stuff, but. Yeah, it uh, you, you got to factor in the whole like China thing, right? Like, I think there was a report this past week that the FCC, one of the FCC people was like, yeah, this shit is really messed up and they are just straight up stealing data across the board. Granted, you look at Apple, you look at Google, they already have all that data to begin with. So you got to, you know, you got to decide where you sit with all that, uh, I guess, and, and move forward with it. But that's kind of a, a personal decision a, a creator decision i i guess at the end of the day um, china steals my data says facebook user it's like yeah yeah it's one of those things where if you're on the internet your data 
Yeah, we're stealing your yeah. data. Granted, Chad. granted. I mean, you have a it phone. Is, it is it is important to mention though the difference between a state entity stealing your data totally. and a private company. I mean, that is an important distinction to make. Totally. Um, but it is it is it is it is definitely something to keep an eye on. I think everyone should be keeping an eye on how egregious it is, and more importantly, what's going on with. It. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, absolutely. That was definitely a concern for me, and if it ever, I think I speak for a lot of people where I say if it's ever, if 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 it really ever does get bad, like. There's, you just go to your profile and turn that shit off and you're done with I, it. You know, get it, back to what you were doing before. It is a really weird, I don't know, Co, if you, if you browse TikTok or Max, if you ever browse TikTok, it's, it's a weird thing that's both good in the sense of it gets content that I want to watch, but also eerily odd, which is kind of using the same word twice, but I'll mention something, coffee. I'll browse TikTok later tonight. I'll have TikToks about coffee. Like that's, it's just like ads. kind of fucked. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's it's ads. No, I, like well, works. the way the way that it, a lot of that stuff works now, especially Google, is it tracks searches and it tracks information by IP. Yeah. And IP can be anyone connected to the the like, for instance, the Wi-Fi you connect to. So one big thing that I'll never forget when, uh, and I actually tweeted about this, and we and was talking to a lot of people on Twitter about it. When I was sitting at the dinner table and my wife just went over and she's like, Hey, are you looking at helmets by Rock? And I was like, Excuse me? Like, what are you talking? Like, what do you how what how do you even know that name? And she goes, Yeah, that's showing up on my Facebook feed. And the night before I was on the Rurock website looking at motorcycle helmets. He had never even heard Absolutely. of the company, had no idea I was looking at it. And yep. this is this was on my home PC and on my fiber, for the record. And then she, over the Wi-Fi, got it on her Facebook. And it's just like, Jesus, man. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, we were even on That's essentially IPs. normal. My fiber oh, is like... on a different IP. So it's like, I don't know if it's region-based. Oh, really? Like, it... Around the same area. Yeah, my fiber is on a different IP. Do you ever so... say the word out loud? Because they listen in. Like, they actually do listen. Your phone. Yeah. Yeah, your phone, your phone is, in, is uh, generally Alexa... listening at all times. Yeah, 100%. Like big, that's what I'm saying. I is, can say coffee right now and it'll show up on TikTok. The concerning later. thing uh, was I not only may I, have, I not say it out loud, but I did af- absolutely send an email. So that that's one of the things that made, got me a little curious. I'm like, did it actually take like the Rurock edition from my Gmail and like kick that yeah. over to the, because uh, that is absolutely all over the IP, the same one that she connects to. So yeah, could have. It's wild, man. It's wild. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I like someone in chat. Did you think about the hell? That's, <laughs> that's where they'll get you when yeah, you start not, visualizing the product. <laughs> <laughs> Soon enough, you're not going to be able to think out loud. Uh, Co, you mentioned this this channel switcher that I showed a little bit of it. The big thing here is that no ads will play. No when ads. Utilize, utilizing this, that's which huge. is cool. Yep. You, you don't get hit with a, an ad. So it just gives you a taste of every channel? Yeah. It gives you can, a little taste of the channel that you yep. can watch for about 60 seconds. And then if you, if at that point it would be like, would you like to continue watching, go to the channel and then you'll get hit with a pre-roll. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's great actually, because then it gives the viewer a chance that's to great. not only see if they want to see something, but more importantly, it only shows them an ad after they feel that they're invested in the show. One of the worst things yeah. about Twitch for years has been the fact that you're going to a channel to see if you like it. You don't even know if you want to support that person, to put it bluntly. And all of a sudden, you get hit with like a block of pre-roll ads. It's like it's the same yeah. thing if you're cruising. Like if I'm cruising YouTube, looking for videos or something, like a specific thing, and I open a YouTube video and there's an ad I can't skip. It's like, well, I guess I didn't need to see that video. Yeah. Yep. I'll go find another video. Like I'm not. I, I just don't care. 
So even if I, I'm looking I, for I that can't, pick, I can't undersell the value of, uh, I mean, if you frequent both of these websites, the value of Twitch Turbo and YouTube Premium. Absolutely. Like, life-changing. Which, interestingly enough, Twitch was not really into the whole Twitch Turbo thing for a long time. But just recently, mm-hmm. I think a couple weeks ago, uh, Zach, Zach Boosie reported this, they have put it back on one of the front page things at the bottom. So oh, we, may, we, they almost, we may they see like, Twitch like start coming back with it. Yep. Oh, they absolutely they buried it for a reason yeah. because they they did not like. I mean, they were. I think they were probably losing a lot more on ad revenue because of how many users they were doing it. And then and Twitch is all about ad revenue. Amazon loves ad revenue on Twitch. One of the reasons they bought the company. And and literally, Twitch Turbo is like ad. People don't get ads. Sure, Twitch gets more money, but the people that get them that money are not getting any money. So like the big the big yeah. fish in the pond aren't getting fed. So it's the kind of thing where yeah we we may as more as as more and more of this ad stuff picks up and those advertisers start getting satiated, I can just like Zach pinged on the top there, we'll probably see them more and more promoting Twitch Turbo because it's like, hey, if we're making the ads happy and we're getting money directly into our pocket, that's like, you know, having the cake and eating. I think I spend twenty bucks in total on like Twitch Turbo and YouTube Premium, like a month. Mm-hmm. And I I can't even tell you probably how because m- most of those things, like just in talking about ad blocker and stuff like that, they actively are combating that all the time. So you almost have to like baby babysit it as much as watching the ads yeah. at times. It'll break streams so, like full on. Yeah. yeah, and and the I dude I, I just experiencing it outside of it makes you realize like how brutal it is. You know, it really and it really is like these sites. It's the only way these sites can actually stay up and afloat. Oh yeah, but when you don't have to deal with it at all and you're just like a part of YouTube Premium or Twitch Turbo, my God, man. It's it's like not ever having to worry about ads oh. on anything. Yeah. It there is the are uh, more than a few people in chat saying, what is Twitch Turbo? Twitch Turbo <laughs> is is subbing to Twitch. Twitch, there, there's Let's a place you can go to on website. Twitch. Yeah, you sub to the Twitch website and every channel you go to does not have ads. So if you are the kind of person that is constantly looking for new streams, then you absolutely should be thinking about Twitch Turbo. And it costs um, it like eight bucks a month so or something. Yeah. Absolutely. It costs like only a so, little bit more than one subscription. Now, of course, the obvious question is, well, then how do you support the creators that you're going to? The creator actually, even if you don't see the get ads, cut. Still, get, still gets it. So that's good. Now, obviously, you aren't, they aren't getting a cut of the sub. That goes all to Twitch. Um, but yeah, basically, that's, that's where it's a double-edged sword for Twitch. Not only are they not showing you the ads, they're actually paying for the ads that you then see you're not like directly so. sub to all channels because you don't get like emote perks and right. all those kind of things but it's a, it's essentially a ad removal for every single channel and you do get actual twitch turbo emotes i think turbo I think there, emotes, there's yeah, emotes for twitch yeah you can choose yeah, eight, glitch it's or like monkeys. eight nine bucks <laughs> glitch or monkeys oh, yeah stupendous. i guess you choose you can change you just go to twitch.tv slash turbo i didn't realize the link was that there you go simple but yeah that's where it's all at yeah ever since like my channels essentially had like ads every hour or something like that yeah uh the I, and i was recommending this at the very start where it's like hey if you're bothered by ads on twitch check out twitch turbo i would actually not tell people to subscribe to my channel specifically i would highlight twitch turbo where it's like this is probably what you would want to do for like a very small amount of more money uh you could take it you could take the entire website and not have that that issue anymore yeah it it really if you watch like two or more streamers, it's worth it to just never yep. see ads. Especially if you're one of those people that likes to go to smaller streamers. 
Yes. Um, yes. Like, and, and you frequent and are constantly looking for new communities to join. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, now that our sponsored uh, portion here on Twitch Turbo is over, good job, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> That's what I don't even know if it like. It's very interesting because I don't I don't even know what Twitch thinks of Twitch Turbo. Like the the I way they know, presented yeah. it, the way they presented it over time is very is very ambiguous. Like you'd th they certainly don't shout it from the rooftops. They no. certainly do not let people know about it. There are no ads. The fact that the Twitch majority Turbo. of the chat is reacting in a way now where it's exactly. like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like this has well, been it, around for for literally since the beginning. Yep. It's a really knowing what I know uh from someone uh being married to someone that used to work in the company, I feel like Twitch at the longest time is like we have to be profitable. We can't use things that we need ads. Let's not promote Turbo, but Turbo makes us money, but ads will make us more like it's it's constantly there there's people battling on both sides, I, I feel like internally. And you know, one of the biggest things with with Twitch signing all these content creators, you know, two-ish years ago for these contracts, uh, for them to run a, a set ads. of ads was to change the culture of ads on the platform. I mean, if you go back two years ago when all the stuff started. People were very, very upset. Now it's like, yeah, it sucks. I still watch them. Or I have Turbo, right? Uh, and then that's why they started promoting that. Um, so that has like definitely worked uh, in terms of the, the creators changing the culture of ads on the platform. And so now with them coming out and, and like Co saying, promoting Turbo, that doesn't surprise me because now the company can have both, right? You can have people that watch ads. Exactly. And you can also have people that have Turbo. And so it's, it's a win-win for Twitch as a business. You, it depends how you look at it as a viewer and as a creator. I think everyone's going to have different opinions there on if it's win-win or if it's a win in general. But yeah, it's interesting it, because it's, it's weird for ad-based creators and especially smaller creators. Like a lot of times, Twitch Turbo absolutely can be a win because yeah. the the person using Twitch Turbo will not be chased away by ads, especially if you're somebody who runs a lot of ads per hour those Twitch Turbo users are never going to be affected by it. Mm -hmm. So they will be much more inclined to stay. So there, there are, there are interesting benefits and negatives both ways. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, what else? What, what time is it? We got about 30 minutes. There is some news that we can kind of go through. I'll, I'll choose the bigger headlines. Um, cause I, I do want to talk some games that we've been playing. Uh, maybe just DNF since Max is not here every week. Uh, and, and me and co might not touch that game. Um, the biggest news really this past week, uh, from my, uh, point of view is Spain is, uh, the first European country to, uh, have a law regulating the use of so-called loot boxes in video games. Uh, they are aiming to avoid quote, thoughtless, compulsive, or even pathological consumer behavior. Uh, the government said on Wednesday. So that is starting, uh, at least over there. And it, it has in other countries as well, but. I'm curious if this picks up any uh, traction like elsewhere, particularly like stateside, if we start to see loot boxes and, and that type of stuff become more uh, regulated in the world. It, uh, it was kind of a big deal when this came out um, this week. It definitely got people started talking about loot boxes again and the, the legality of everything around it. Um, Max, how do you feel about loot boxes? Just to throw a super heavy question your way. <laughs> I mean, 
It is what it is. I just love them, JP. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, love like, those and the it, truth it's... comes out. He said it, guys. We got him. He's going on the, the uh, shared ban list as a loot boxer. Right. There's fire. just there's just no positive, right? I mean, the only the only positive is for uh is for like super greedy shitheads like ea to just keep being ea and stuff like that and that's how they keep making their money yeah by, by essentially uh stabbing at the tendencies of uh casino marketing stabbing at the tendencies of like human intuition and stuff like that of like what people uh, latch on to um so i don't know like i mean obviously like yeah good you know what good hoping that it comes stateside yeah good i'd say good but at the same time like this country is going through a lot of other crazy stuff that I would hope gets prioritized. <laughs> really? Unfortunately, what, probably Max, what won't. are you talking about? What could you, you know, possibly... I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, uh, I would, it would be great if this was sort of like a universal thing. It would be great if it was something that was just between like, yeah, like this is, this is complete bullshit and much less children, much less even adults. Like this is why, like this is, this is dumb. Yeah. And it's, it's dumb because it can't affect people. It, it turns like whales into, giant whales it can beach the whale for god's sake um and yeah it's 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 a level of greed that is just gross right it's absolutely disgusting like why do you need to do this you're you're already making a ton of money sure yeah it's all about making i guess more money for the company right yeah um it is very surprising especially in a country like ours where gambling is so heavily restricted and and monetized and you know like taxed and all this stuff where it's just like all this other stuff happens and it's just like no that's cool it's basically the same thing. That's nah, fine. No problem. Yeah. We were, I, was it this show? I think we were talking about where it's going to be like, people are going to be dr- like driving over state lines to get their loot box. Yeah, fix yeah, we when this stuff that. goes through. Yeah. Like you got to drive to Vegas and like play your mobile game, you know, like <laughs> it's oh, going to be Florida and Vegas. Those are the two safe states yep. is what we said. Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Right. Like it's, it's still pretty early days um, with the, the ruling in, in Spain. So, We'll see if anything comes from that. Max is, is kind of correct in saying that we're we're dealing with uh, some other stuff here in the U.S. So we'll see if, if this is something that, There's that pops up. There's a few up. things going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is worth mentioning, and, and we don't need to spend too much time on it. Um, Co, you're, you're, I guess, who I'll throw this to. The return to Monkey Island creator uh, was very vocal <sighs> earlier this week as... Uh, they showed a trailer for the game during a Nintendo Direct, and fans were not about the art style. Uh, a very vocal uh, group of fans were not about the art style. And uh, it made the creator uh, basically say, all right, fuck you guys. I'm not going to talk about the game anymore. I'm shutting down my blog post. Yep. I'm, I'm done. Uh, the, the harassment and abuse was too much with the personal insults, I, I think, is what he ended up saying. Um, I am still looking for the actual words that were said i i have read on so many different sites um that what was said and and it all happened on his blog and apparently like somebody said one of them was taken out of context then he jumped on a guy that he that he was wrong and then the guy got pissed and responded and that expired and then it was like multiple other threads tldr that i think every that nobody should should not be able to get behind so everyone should get behind is the fact that you don't ever for any reason and we just saw this also happen with the god of war stuff. it happened with god of war this you, week you as well. never you never attack developers on a personal level for their professional product like it's you sure i'm one of the people that thinks the new monkey art style sucks to put it bluntly when i saw that trailer it took a lot of the wind out of my sails it looks over stylized looks overworked 
Uh, people don't look like people. Like the characters that I grew up with and loved, they, it, it looks nothing like them. Like, I'm not a fan of the new art style. At the same time, I'm not going to go on Twitter and do, you know, at Grumpy Gamer and be like, what the hell are you thinking? You suck at this. What's going on? You know, like, like, which is apparently what a lot of people were doing. They were just like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you ruining my childhood? You know, stuff like that. And it's just like, that is, that is such a thick, girthy line that shouldn't be crossed. Like, sure, go on Twitter and complain that, you know what? I really don't like this art style. It doesn't fit the flow. I hope they'll reconsider it before release. Here's the reasons I don't like it and kind of stuff. But to then take it to that next level, and the same with the God of War stuff and the leaks and everything, to then take it to the next level and go after people. I yeah. mean, dude, there were apparently God of War devs getting death threats. Yep. It's like, what is going on with these people? So in terms of what Ron did, uh, Grumpy Gamer, I totally get it. I think that's 100% fine. I think he should just say, fine. You, you can't conduct yourself respectfully in giving me feedback on what you like and don't like. You don't get feedback. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, the game will come out, you buy it or you don't. I don't care. Like, that's essentially what it's he fair. did, and that's his prerogative to do it. I think that's totally fair. I think that's 100% fair. I think more devs should do it. I think it could that's be a wake up call. essentially how things worked until the year 2000 ish. <laughs> like, you know, we operated on a very Absolutely. similar playing field for a very long time where I'm just going to do the thing that I want to make, and we're going to see if it makes money. And the only way I'll get a positive feedback loose is if you friggin' buy it. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a it's a it's a really unfortunate situation. Um, I think what what Grumpy Gamer did, what Ron Gilbert did, I think more devs should do that. I don't think that any developer ever, for any reason, warrants being personally attacked. Um, in fact, it's interesting because we're talking about this now. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Destiny guy who got who got completely completely railed against uh, railed railed on to the point where the companies like one of the company uh, uh, leaders essentially damaged had to come out and be like we're telling him to stay off twitter forever and then the rest of the destiny community was like he told us so many great things over the years he gave us insight that we couldn't get it anywhere else and now we have literally chased him away because of this like one little thing that we yelled at him for yeah. um not just yelled at him for like we're horribly abusive towards him for. and it's like they ruined this really really good thing because again they were just being there's no there's no other way to say it. complete assholes just complete trolling assholes. Um, so yeah, yeah, the sucks. The God of War stuff too. I I didn't. I I knew that uh, like the developers and and people on Twitter that work with the game were getting harassed. The the God of War stuff is because it was leaked that there was going to be a like state of play event on the thirtieth, which I think we had actually talked about on the show in the past. And uh, it was a leak, not actual. It was news. a leak. leak. It was never yeah, confirmed. Was leak, not an announcement. It was yeah. a leak. And uh, then it came out because of Jason Schreier's reporting that uh, they delayed whatever was supposed to occur on the 30th. And that's when, uh, you know, Twitter kind of did what Twitter does. Um, one of the things, I didn't know this, a producer, yeah, a producer on God of War Ragnarok tweeted, uh, pro tip, sending me dick pics, asking for the God of War Ragnarok release date will not, in fact, get me to reveal the release date. People who are doing so, when does that ever work for you? So I think they should delay the game. Yeah. Just keep putting it out for every day. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think it's that, that there should have been a ramification to that. I think the game now gets delayed extra. Yes, I agree. Sorry. It gets <laughs> Sorry more. guys. You fucked it up. Yeah. This is, this is y'all's fault. Uh, Sony Santa Monica it's put out push to 2024. There you go. They put out a, uh, a tweet themselves. Says every single person at Sony Santa Monica or Santa Monica studio is working to create a game that we're proud of. One that we hope you will enjoy playing once released. Our fans inspire us. 
We understand the passion and desire for more information, but that passion should not be toxic nor come at the expense of any human being's dignity. Uh, let's celebrate our community by treating each other, every gamer and developer alike, with respect. Um, and I think that was a shared sentiment that a lot of other developers also started posting um, when this went out. So, yeah, stop being shitty on the internet. Uh, I, I know that's the thing we just have to say almost every time we Look, go that live should be on a the campaign. Internet. Yeah, yeah, it should. It's 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 uh, crazy. Wild. The worst part is like they, they just... ruin it for everyone else. Yes. You ever, yeah. you ever feel like we're just not designed to absorb that many opinions? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, all the time. All the time. Just not like 100%. much less having people get give their direct well, access to your, uh, your, whoever is who you are in opinion at any given time. Like the scary part, Max, I think is when a person becomes addicted to it, right? Like when you start getting all that information and then you start seeking it out, that's yeah. like, that's the scarier part. Cause I agree you're, uh, human beings aren't designed for that but what they are designed to is like the the response or comments to fulfill your ego just an ego in general yeah. not like a positive or negative ego but just a human being's ego you seek that shit out and depending on and what the content that, is it can go bad you combine that with echo chambers and same teamism and it becomes a really really disgusting soup of negativity yeah, and unfortunately, that is uh, it, it's playing into things that have had us led to our survival over the years that are now put into a social context that they were never designed for, and it yes. just it it breeds vitriol, um, which is really really unfortunate. 100%. I I hope I I live to see the day where Facebook and Twitter and things that are like it are essentially just taken away. Where it's yeah. just like you know what? Sorry, we just got to get rid of them. <laughs> we're done. You know what? We tried this. We're done. We're done with failed. this Facebook and Twitter stuff. It was a good experiment, but you know what? It doesn't work out. It leads to more bad than technically good. And even though the good is good, there's way too much bad. I, I, I hope I live to see the day. <laughs> it's some, just like, some yeah, let's crazy, just not. Some crazy multi-billionaire on his deathbed like buys every social media company and just... And closes them. Off. Yeah. Just flicks them off. Just turns them off. Goes good, like the big comically large lever and everything just powers there's down. one thing those shitty billionaires can do that'll eventually like make everyone on their side right before they ko just turn it all off <laughs> yeah. yeah the last words as he's dying is go outside <laughs> go outside <laughs> go touch grass go, go touch some grass turn the power off and, and i'm out that's oh, good to go uh, those are some of the bigger news stories. We'll cover a bunch of the stuff that we missed. I, I want to talk some games because we've got about 15, yeah. 20 minutes here. Uh, real quick, before we wrap. before we move on, I'm going to yeah. say real quick, Musk would never do that. He's way too insecure. Don't, don't, yeah. don't think yeah, Musk sure. is your hero. He's buying companies literally to control what goes on them. Yep. Don't, don't think that's going to happen. That guy's insane. <laughs> Dude is insane. Let me, uh, let's, let's jump to some games that we talked about or that we've been playing. I think we all played Cuphead, right? the the last yeah. the delicious last course i had to think about that. fantastic yeah uh max i'm gonna pull up your vod here uh i think you played did you play the whole thing co-op with uh the, played the whole thing co-op yeah okay Me and Co uh, I think had... first couple bosses were technically like the toughest um but yeah in just so much a what a wonderful game after like not jumping back to cuphead after so many years you know and it came out in like what 2018 so it'd been a oh, solid wow. four years um yeah, just reminded how amazingly cool all this stuff is. Just such a love letter. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it is a remarkable game. It's also one of those things where you still, at least I do, look at this and it's like, how the fuck do they make this? Like, how do you, uh, just a remarkable feat of like art, right? The fact that this is a game and not some sort of like predetermined am animation is it's crazy yeah. to me. Um, Everything hand done. Yes. You know? Uh, yeah. And the last boss is like, I just the idea and the concept behind it and the execution of it. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I'm just, I'm glad I wasn't playing it so I can just look at it. Yes, I agree. Um, me and Co played, I, Co, you played this solo as, as well, right? We did. Yeah. Did, uh, did you guys do the secret boss? I don't think so. No. There's apparently a couple secret bosses. Did you There's do a couple the... that require more to, than like just walking up and activating them? Yeah. There's, there's a, graveyard boss i guess is yep. the okay in him but there's another one from what i understand too really okay i didn't know there's another one the graveyard boss i i thought was the uh was one of my favorites i, I did like the final boss i kind of have to talk around it because i don't want to spoil it for people um but I, I i thought the graveyard boss was like the more interesting one it was maybe the harder one i guess i will say from like a mechanics perspective um how was the the co i've never played this game like co-op wise is it a good difficulty max does it yeah it was pretty challenging yeah. uh i thought it was i thought it felt pretty difficult like like the scales fairly well i've never played it single player so i don't know how hard it is but huh. to me it's even harder to to keep track of what's going on when you have two people like it feels like even more you have to focus on yeah yeah i i, I mean even with like there are some fights where it becomes very overwhelming and part of the learning uh the mechanics of a fight is to like take information from what you're seeing and relay that information yeah. to your brain to be able to react to the right stuff All rather the than the wrong stuff yeah um i didn't uh I, i'm curious from for y'all if you can remember all the way back i felt like the dlc was easier than the main game is that just because i had played before or were these bosses like not as difficult as some of the other ones i'd have to play through the main game again i'm not too sure like you'd have to play through it with fresh eyes to see i think we're just maybe more exposed to games that are naturally difficult true and you're aware of like how cuphead is now and how it works i think that definitely goes into play right yeah also I, you entered the dlc with a bunch of pretty powers. high powered weapons and items that is a good yeah. point yeah that's I, a good point m the the reason i say I'm equating difficulty to my level of rage while playing, and I didn't rage at all, really, while playing yeah. this. Uh, whereas the original game, oh shit, I was <laughs> some of those bosses, so, like the flying bosses. Uh, if I recall, the the genie level was one that was really uh, the tilter um, from the original game, if I recall. But I don't know if that's necessarily you know a, a level of difficulty. Whereas it was just like maybe I was playing it for longer because the DLC is rather short. It took me about two-ish hours. Uh, how long did it take for you guys? Is that about the same? About yeah, it was hours. like three-ish for us in co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's I think it's seven ninety nine. It seems adequately priced for the the experience that you're getting. I think you can definitely get a little bit more out of it too if you're doing everything. Well, especially um, if you go back and do expert mode and everything too. Yeah, yeah. With the base game, I, I saw a lot of people that were just flat out replaying the full thing um because the dlc yeah. reminded them this made me want to go back and replay the game yeah i i get it I, I i thought about doing the same thing as well um like co said the expert stuff uh it actually does change those fights right like it adds elements that that makes it more difficult um 
but all in all, I, I thought it was good. I think it's it's worthwhile. Uh, if you're a Cuphead fan, you know what to expect. It's more Cuphead, and the bosses are really good. Um, it's all bosses, though. There's no, like, levels. No levels. Yeah, there's no levels. Yeah. It's um, it's the initial it's the initial pitch of what Cuphead was before Microsoft stepped in and gave him a bunch of budget. Yeah, and the game got delayed three years. Uh, yeah, it's like it was originally just supposed to be a boss game, a boss rush game. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I, I played this version at twenty. Uh, we were talking about it last night of the crazy development history of this game. In twenty fourteen, we played Cuphead, and it was at E three, and it was just bosses, and that's what they were explaining it as. And then the game didn't come back the next E3, and it, it took a while for there to be another trailer. And yeah, Microsoft stepped in, gave them a ton of budget, made it into a big-ass game. They added a world map. They added levels. Uh, mm. They pretty much stepped in and was like, oh, we want to make this like our thing. If, are you cool with that? I'm like, no, we're not going to give you the rights, but yeah, if you want to turn it into something much bigger, yeah, well, I guess it was a revenue split or something. So <laughs> I can i can imagine are you cool with that they're kind of like and then microsoft holds up the money or the dollar bills (laughs) and then this dlc comes out and it's essentially like going back to what it was before yeah where it was just like a boss rush so i'm like interesting like microsoft definitely had some impact on how the game was going to eventually become yeah yeah correct me if i'm wrong wasn't this one of the original game pass games or did this am, am i misremembering how the progression of time this almost predates game pass does it I, I, 2017 I it right like 2017 it... to 2018 a very early game pass okay channel and i but i don't even know if it game was I... okay huh maybe i'm completely wrong then because i i bought it and i guess i bought it on xbox because max you were, they paid for it right it was xbox exclusive essentially xbox and pc i I, 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 I forgot that i played it on pc because i checked my steam version and i have like 10 hours i'm like oh we played the steam version oh shit that's what i thought we played it on xbox i guess not yeah i i went to steam to search for it and i was like well i thought i bought this so then it was because i bought it through xbox and played it on like the windows store or whatever but yeah yeah i thought it was a a game pass game i don't it's still not on game pass so you got another example of like a classic like indie studio like this and ori in the blind forest where microsoft steps in here's a bunch of budget turned into a big fat ass game yeah they're like all right yeah it works it's good i think we all agree it's all thumbs up from us uh if you've played cuphead you know what to expect it's really good must have yeah yeah Uh, must have if you like cuphead in any way yep six boss well six bosses a final boss some secret bosses in there it's it's got some content It's, it's worth it for eight bucks and if you haven't played cuphead before uh and you're at Great all time. wanting to definitely grab it it is difficult don't let the uh difficulty scare you away though it's it's a fun difficult it's difficult but fair yes when you fuck up it's on you not <laughs> it's not cheap yeah 100 percent. uh max you've been playing some dnf duel I've now I had to learn a bunch of FGC terms when this game came out. Uh, I learned a bunch during Guilty Gear, but with this one, uh, you got like the FGC is is. I've said it's, goddamn it! Now I'm forgetting them. What are, what are the terms being thrown around here? Because it's like it's it's an interesting fighting game that I've never seen or been around during an, a, a release like this, where people are calling sure. it cheap, like uh, not dirty, but uh, a word similar to that. Where it's you heard like the term Kusoge. Okay, that's a new one on me, Max. What is that's a new what, one? Okay, what is, <laughs> it means trashy. Yes, trashy. Yeah, but yeah, it's trashy. Why. Let's talk about it. So yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, 
So yeah, DNF comes out. It's essentially based on Dungeon Fighter Online, which is a very long-running, huge multimedia franchise that's absolutely giant over, I believe, in Korea and like China and overseas. Mm. Um, but massive, like 500 million players type of thing, you know? Uh, so anyway, they make a little fighting game off of some characters. It's, uh, it's created in tandem with Arc System Works, but they're actually not the developers. People that made this game aren't Arc System Works. It's a little company called Aiding. And you might remember Aiding from very few ports and games that they've made over the past 10 years. They haven't made a lot. But before that, they have a pretty big history of making a, a, a large history of, of classic fighting games. They've made the Bloody Roar series. Oh, wow. They made a game called Tatsunoko versus Capcom, and they made Marvel versus Capcom 3 and Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. That was the last big fighting game they made, I think. Hmm. So this is sort of their return to fighting games after like a decade. And uh, yeah, it plays like an aiding game. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> there, it, is, it, is, it plays like a fighting game from the 2010s, like the early 2010s, the pre-Street Fighter V era where everything sort of slows down and you like remove things from characters where it's like what makes things special is not super special. Uh, what I like about this game is that it feels like an older fighting game. It oh, feels like we, it, yes, sort of got a mod. <laughs> it's, that, that people modded this on this character. Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, wow, <laughs> I did not do that myself. I'm not that vain. I swear <laughs> to God. Um, but I will use it because people made it. The uh, it, the so special. the thing with the game is that it, it feels like an older fighting game, where the devs sort of give the characters tools um, that are crazy powerful, that are almost like dauntingly powerful. But it's not just one character that gets it. Everybody gets insanely powerful tools. The mobility isn't crazy fast. In fact, it's kind of a slow game. But that follows in tandem with what Dungeon Fighter does, where characters don't have crazy mobility. You use your special moves as mobility. You essentially use like your big, powerful tools to move and control screen space. Mm. So it's a fascinating game. It has such an extreme to it of how... like. If you just see my character shoot a gun, I'll, you'll see how massive it is. This is like just a fireball attack, and these are grenades you're seeing right here. But if you see the gun attack, you'll get an idea of like how crazy this stuff gets. So uh, I kind of like, and that's not it. That's the small one. Just one shot um, that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It, it feels like a classic fighting game where we just gave, there's the gun. Boom. Jeez, giant like screen, screen space. Yeah. And things are powerful. Things are good. People are like, this game has no strategy. Everything's too too busted, too broken. And I find that kind of funny because I've been hearing that about every single new fighting game for the past 20 to 25 years. So what people there, there's a lot of crazy polarizing opinions because people aren't used to fighting games like this over the past many years. People are kind of used to fighting games having like very specific answers, right? Like this, we have there's an answer. The the, the geese games are designed around um of like a rock, paper, scissors situation. Rock beats this but loses to that this beats this but loses to that and this game has that in some ways but in other ways it doesn't or it's like <laughs> if a game like ultimate marvel win. 3 came out yeah <laughs> if a game like ultimate marvel 3 came out nowadays and you got like launch sentinel and phoenix people would be saying this is trash and mm. people did say it was trash when it came out to be honest and it kind of remind it, i kind of love it because of that i kind of love it where it's just like we're almost giving the players too much power yeah and it feels that way like the the idea of balance is <clears throat> not the first thing that they tried to do when making oh, this no they, they just wanted people to have fun oh it is it absolutely balanced. is balanced okay. gotcha every character's busted 
Oh, <laughs> sure. Okay. That's one the way to balance. The best kind yeah. of balance, yeah. in my opinion. Everyone's good. Yeah. But is it is it is it cheap? Oh, yeah. But every character's cheap. Yeah, well, I mean... Every character's got crazy, disgusting stuff. I, I forget the character name, but when you say cheap, it's like someone can just kill you once they connect once, right? Like, that's... Uh, not exactly. Not It's not that cheap crazy? Cheap is in, like... Cheap is in, and okay, uh, the best example is a lot of fighting games, and you'll, you'll understand this from like Guilty Gear a little bit. You know what like negative on block means? Yeah. You know, like being negative? Yeah, yeah. A lot of things in fighting games over the past few years are like 1v1 fighting games that are grounded footsie based, even Guilty Gear is sort of included with this. Things are negative. Like when you, when you throw out and use a move, you can't do things after. This game is not that. This you game is like everything going. is good. <laughs> like the stuff that you do, everything is good. And you have to find out ways around it. It's nuts. It's very flashy. Absolutely nuts. Very flashy. Uh, it's super. And th this is this is arguably like in in most fighting games, I'd argue special moves feel very special. Like they're big and powerful and disgusting and giant. And it's it's hard for people to wrap their heads around it. The last five six years of fighting games have essentially conditioned people that like, yeah, when you use your big powerful move, you should be there's like a big risk to that. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna suffer like you have to you'd be supposed to be negative no not in this game <laughs> good luck <laughs> like you have to figure out ways around it you have and it's, it's up to you to do your cheap stuff against the other person's really cheap stuff yeah and you spend a lot of time blocking sure yeah but you just blocked like five hits ways. in a row from that dude and then just laid yeah. into him that was kind of great oh yeah oh but he got hit oh okay now it reset yeah, it, it's, it's a it's, it's a crazy. wild game to watch. I was watching. Uh, it is a wild game to watch. Yeah, I was watching. Him and it, guess what? It's casting. really fun to play. It 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 feels nice, like having moves that are big, this and big and crazy. And guess what? It's easy to play. Yeah. Um, all the special moves are essentially like just forward and button, neutral button, down and button. Because there's like a light attack, there's a medium attack, there's a skill button, which is like special moves, and then there's a like a a a, a, a meter skill button, which actually uses your meter. And like Dungeon Fighter Online, the gimmick is that you're allowed to, to go from your normal buttons to your skills into your specials and sometimes in between both. So it's like you're canceling special into special, skill into skill, and starting it with regular hits. And that works on block, that works on hit, but you are limited by how much you can do because you have a gauge, and that gauge eventually recovers. But the, here's the really cool part. You can do the simple inputs, and that's fine. But there's three different ways to do every special move. There's a simple input, there's a, a motion, and then there's a perfect motion. And if you do the actual motions, your bar comes back faster. Oh, wow. Okay. So if, that's you, the way if they you're gauge a more skillful player, you will be a more powerful Have better, more rewards. I kind of like that. It's nice. It's, it's kind of cool. Is that, is that like a unique or an oddity in fighting games where they have stuff like that? Is, is that a new thing? Uh... Not really, because Street Fighter VI is also doing something kind of similar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. You have this gauge that recovers over time, and if you utilize it in certain ways, it comes back quicker, or you get better special moves if you actually execute. Like, for example, Street Fighter VI, Guile has sonic booms, and he also has perfect sonic booms that are better. Huh. And if you so, do the perfect one, the, tiding, the timing is tighter. So earlier you were talking about the simple mode for Street Fighter Six. That's what you're talking about now. If you use the simple mode, then you get like normals, and then if you use the actual full input of the moves, then you get better moves. It's different in some ways for Street Fighter Six, but it's a similar sort of ideology where, like, if you do like the manual version, there's more of a reward. Cool. 
Uh, someone in my but chat. Yeah, like. Oh, go go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. It's got rollback netcode. The the worst thing about it is that it doesn't have crossplay. There's no crossplay between right. systems outside of PS4 and PS5. Yeah, when you told me that when we were talking on on Twitter, that was where I was like, uh, is, is there a big community on PC, for example? Uh, Are you playing the? It was what pretty big in the first this? few days. Is this the PlayStation? That? This is from last night, or I think two nights. Oh, this ago. is if this is from the night before or something like that. Yeah, this is the PC version. Oh, this PC. Um, there's there's definitely enough people it's the first month of a fighting game so you're naturally going to find people sure but it's it's kind of unfortunate that unless dragon ball is in the title and your game looks like an anime fighting game in some way the chance of it being relatively dead in the month or two is pretty high yeah uh, and unfortunately guilty gear also fell prey to the exact same thing like the ranked in that game is almost like absolutely screwed because people aren't populating the lobbies that you need to actually rank up yeah the thing i will say about this is that the ranking system is traditional and it's fast. Like the ranked grind in this is very fun. Hmm. Cool. Uh, someone in my chat was asking, can I button mash and win? Can you mash in this? Oh, and, you, and you, will, you will hit buttons and see the biggest, flashiest, craziest <laughs> bullshit come out. You'll have a great time. <laughs> okay. If that's right. what you're looking for, I've seen your character do really cool stuff and it's not hard. You'll have a great time. Fantastic. I know we're getting low on time here. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think we're a little bit over. Real quick, Max, somebody asked a question in my chat and I realized I have no idea what your opinion is on that. What do you think of controllers like Hitbox? Uh, I think they're great. I, I mean, I think there's there's advantages to Hitbox. I have one. I've played on one. Yeah, I've done I've done difficult combos on it, and within like a few minutes, once I got the hang of it, um, and I think it's I think it's a I think it's great. But in the same way that controller has advantage over arcade stick, and arcade stick in some ways has advantage over Hitbox in some places, there are advantages and disadvantages to any. But if you want to talk about the one that has the most advantages to disadvantages. But the highest, the highest skill barrier is a hitbox. <laughs> hitbox is the one that will take the longer amount of time for you to eventually get good at, but will give you better performance rewards overall. Do you think it's uh, ever going to replace the stick? Is is the stick like archaic technology, or is it always uh, arcade have a place? sticks? I, I will say, as of right now, uh, for most fighting games, arcade sticks are archaic. They are mm. essentially there because of legacy. Right. Uh, all fighting games now are kind of designed around controller in mind. Really? So because everyone's got a controller. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and to be to be completely honest, it's been like that since the early two thousands. Got it. Or like all fighting games are sort of designed with controller in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. And and there's you know there's pros that play on controllers and you know are pro oh, yeah. players oh. right so the majority that more than I'd say more than half of them at this point are actually controller players. More than half of the best Street Fighter players in the world. Are actually pad players. Wow. Okay. Cool. So I it's, just, it, it's never high. been an issue of like, is stick better than controller? Uh, no. I, I just prefer arcade stick because of one legacy and the fact that I like a lot of kinetic movement when I play fighting games. I like moving there, my arms, not just my, my fingers. There's like a there's something, not like it's gonna sound weird, but there's something romantic about doing like a SRK on a on a fight stick, right? Yeah. Like it just slapping buttons and just, stuff like that. Yeah, feels good. <laughs> something nice that's get, sweet nostalgia yeah there it, it harkens is. back yep. to nostalgia i guess for me it's all about that nostalgia yeah yeah cody you have your hitbox uh on your desk so that people uh not on my desk okay no. uh, i'll pull up just so people understand what it is we've talked about it before but yeah the big thing is it's all buttons that's a hitbox is a controller that where every everything is buttons so it essentially a lot came of this from... is a hitbox that's yeah there you go it, yeah. it came from the idea that uh a lot of people there were a lot of keyboard users that played fighting games on keyboard 
way, 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 way back in the day. Yeah. And they had these really unique keyboard controllers that they would make. And Hitbox was like, I think we can make an actual arcade stick out of this and create something that does the same sort of idea where you can sort of play fighting games with the keyboard. The bottom button is the jump button. That's up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's the up button. So it's weird. It works great. Like, is- I was able to do Marvel 3 Dante combos within like 30 minutes. And I was like, damn, this is crazy big thing for people like me is a lot of times like i'll hold my controller at like different angles especially like if i'm using a stick thing like i I, i'm not somebody who's like really comfortable i'm always moving so a lot of times because i'm always moving my where my my exact moves need to go all of a sudden i'll find myself jumping when i'm trying to pull off something quickly or ducking when i'm trying to go back to forward real quick so something like this is is super helpful for a player like me now if i just it's one of the reasons for instance i wouldn't need it but you know it's not an option (laughs) It's one of the reasons why I can never get good at Smash. I can never get controller precision with like a GameCube analog stick in the way that Smash players ever could. Yeah. I just can't do it. Like it just doesn't ring in my brain that way. Yep. And in some people's, it's the same way with arcade sticks. It's hard to be delicate with an arcade stick in some way. Where a lot of people, especially classic fighting game veterans, they need those big ass American bat sticks. They don't <laughs> like these dinky little Japanese joysticks, these little Sanwadeshi stuff. No, man. They need to like yoink this thing and like a there needs to be there needs to be elbow movement. I've never heard a joystick described uh the difference between an American joystick and a Japanese joystick, but you're absolutely right. It's fucking bat. Yeah. They're huge. They're huge. America. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Max, thirty seconds, Monster Hunter Rise. How how much you've been playing? You've been playing a lot of it. I I just hit a bit. A I killed days. the final boss last night. The final. Did you? Boss. Oh God. Yeah. It's great. You're, you're way further than me. I'm like I'm like I'm like a uh, master rank four. Okay. I, so I'm I'm super early, and I, I I think it's taken a little while to get to the new monsters, so they're really slow building it. It does. It takes. Uh, yeah. You're so just I haven't really gotten right like, Yeah. Yeah. Um. But the environments are great. There's so many cool secrets and stuff like that in like the jungle zone and the new like castle area that goes up oh, into the mountains gorgeous. and stuff. I'm like, this is so sick. It looks so good on PC too. I, I, people that were like, Oh, I hate the art style. I can't play it on switch. It looks like trash. Like it looks so good. Oh, it looks it great scales, on PC. It scales so well with that engine on PC. It, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, the, uh, the fights there's MR three to MR four significant. Like I was going fine, perfectly good, doing great. MR four. I started getting one shot, like just, straight Ooh, up okay. one shot and, and i had some armor like, but i had some crazy that's there, where the gear barrier kicks in yeah you have to level up yeah there is some crazy crazy bosses in there um it's a lot of fun it's more monster hunter if you haven't played rise i'll, I'll probably talk about it more on the the show next week and, and show some footage of it once people have like seen some of the stuff uh the final fight by the way the boss fight it's my favorite boss fight that i've played since like i don't know oh, i can't wait try it's so good they finally I can't wait they got the idea of like what a monster hunter final boss fight should be i feel good um, i mean did you did you did you get to experience fatalis at the end of iceborne no i've always wanted to go back oh. and do a solo of that because i i've never i've only heard <laughs> the stories of them uh I, I know how fucking crazy hard it is uh yeah i i i did the solo attempt where it's like the you? first time i want to beat this guy i want it to be solo uh it took me nine ten hours of just attempts uh, just attempts so i eventually beat shit. it solo okay that that's uh, of my boss rage series where i like fight hard bosses in games and mostly fighting games but some exceptions that's the longest one 
I've, I've yeah. never spent so much time on a boss ever on anything. That, that Fatalis fight was something else. I've always wanted to go back, but it, there's the ramp up to that to like get a Fatalis set is so much. Like it takes so oh, yeah. long to get the gear. And the nice part is that the reward is crazy good. His armor is incredible. His weapons are incredible. So there's like a reason to beat it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's one of those one of those games I go back to during a, a break. I guess if I really wanted to cheese it, you could just like mod your character to get whatever you want just to like fight him right away. Yeah. On on oh, PC. Yeah. yeah. There's always that option. Anyways, we're over. We're gonna wrap up the show. We'll do some shout outs. Max, thank you so much for joining us. It's always yeah, a, thanks, a buddy. blast. We'll uh we'll we'll have you on, I guess, after Evo now that some stuff's going on. It should be good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time frame. Looking we'll have to have to a up. special special correspondent Max from Evo event yeah well no he's not going he's gonna be watching at home well post evo yeah, okay you know I mean. yeah post evo there you go there'll be a lot of news yeah uh do some shout outs for us max where can people check you out what do you got going on the, the stream on the the youtube sure. soon what do you got yeah i'm a maximilian underscore dude on youtube or mess maximilian dude and the same thing comes for uh same thing applies for twitch just been streaming fighting games for a very long time that's my primary focus but i do a lot of variety of stuff between action games monster hunter resident evils you know things like that um obviously final fantasy 7 and elden ring and souls games you know i like games that focus a lot on combat and action and things like that and unique mechanics so big capcom fan that's for sure go and hit me up give it a chance and uh yeah find my twitch or youtube awesome stuff co what do you got going on sure hi my name is co want to thank you all for watching big thank you to jp and of course max for taking the time to jump on the show it was an absolute pleasure uh, i am currently playing dragon age inquisition I have never played the DLCs, and I'm getting all ready for Dreadwolf. So if you'd like to join us, we're going to be doing that at 8 a.m. in the morning as we go into the next week. Uh, also going to be playing more AI, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative in the evenings, uh, some Chivalry 2 with the community, maybe a little hard space shipbreaker here and there, but should be a lot of fun. Hope to see you there. You can find me all over the place, co-carnage, no space. And as always, thank you guys for watching. Fantastic stuff. Thank you both for joining us. Zeke, we'll have you back next week, I guess. I mean, you know, we'll I'll talk with Code and see if we're okay with you coming back next week. Hope you're having a good vacation, buddy. Hope you're not watching the show as well. Stop it. Uh, I'm currently playing through Hollow Knight for the first time. Never done that. It's been a pretty fun experience. I'm going to be playing right after the show today. Kind of just count the days till the end of the month. We'll jump into some Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and uh, playing Monster Hunter Rise off stream. Uh, I have decided to, to play that off stream and it's it's a good game to just grind and watch some watch some twitch watch some uh amazon products some what a terminal list or something like that i don't know it's a good grind game when you don't have to think about anything else and can just kill some monsters so that's what i've been up to that's what we've all been up to hope to see you guys on uh any of our channels moving forward max thanks again for coming on co hope everything's good i'll talk to you guys on tuesday once my machine gets installed and uh I don't, what do you, what do you, do I just start lifting? What am I supposed to do day one? Oh, the total. What are the pro tips? Well, do I just lift? You know. Okay. Oh, you're the total you, you, man. You, 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 you did it on Tuesday? Do, yeah. It gets first installed you do your Tuesday. Test. Okay. You got to do your test first. You got to show oh, the God, machine I, how, there's how a test weak you are. It's a whole test. The whole, there's a whole thing where it tests all your muscles and it gives you your baseline. Uh -oh. And you got to start picking the programs and, and doing your thing, man. Oh, and then just do a beginner program. It'll give you like two or three days a week. You'd be good. Okay. Don't all go right. too hard at the start. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll let you go, guys know go, how it goes. Go until your eyes bleed at the beginning. Whoa. Or oh, go the opposite end. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> go until you your gotta, ears and eyes bleed. We've got the angel and the devil on the shoulder, right? Maybe All right. Something. Yes. Yeah. I'll just do a shit Don't ton of... Don't eat anything. Work out four times a day. <laughs> I'll do a shit ton of pre-workout, 
no food. I'll just go straight into it, amped up. We'll see how it goes. Right. Yeah. Drink only beer. That's it. It's called the beer diet. <laughs> so you get swole. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You want to be swole, don't you? Great advice from the two bodybuilders here to my left and to my right. <laughs> We're out of here. Thanks so much for watching Drop Frames. We'll see you next week for more at 1 p.m. Eastern. Have a good one. Bye-bye.